Leon season is the reason we go big time. It's jaw dropping, heart stopping, record breaking, history making. This is big time. What a sight to behold! This is WWE Crown Jewel. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I am the Main Event Player, the Super Secret himself, from Tours, coming back at you, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. We have a great, great show for you. Now, as you guys are well aware, there was an episode that was released this past Wednesday, which was supposed to have taken place this past Saturday. <coughs> My apologies. Now, unfortunately... I wanted to go ahead and try to get this episode over with as much as I can because, as you guys know, usually the episode is supposed to, you know, supposed to be released on a Saturday. But due to the fact that Crown Jewel is going to be taking place on a Saturday, which is going to be happening pretty early, the main event decided we're going to do it on a Friday instead. So on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, there's a lot of things we want to talk about, including all the matches that are going to happen at Crown Jewel, from the World Heavyweight Championship match to the WWE Undisputed Championship match as well. Several other matches are going to be included as well. Also on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, we're going to talk about Halloween Havoc. We're going to talk about night two of Halloween Havoc that took place this past Tuesday night, and we'll give you the results of that. And everything else like that. And also, we're going to talk about what's going to be happening in November. Because as you guys know, October is done and November is here. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to be covering in November. Including not just Crown Jewel, but we're going to cover Full Gear as it comes. Of course, WWE Survivor Series, which nothing has been said yet. But no doubt there'll probably be something special to check out as far as Survivor Series go. And several other events are going to be happening in the month of November. And the main event, we'll be talking about that on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. So, with everything being said, we're going to play a little bit of music. And then right after that, we're going to get right into Halloween Havoc. We're going to get into all the matches that took place at that event and everything. Oh, and by the way, 
AEW has this... Well, actually, you know what? We're going to begin with the announcement from Tony Khan. And, um, you know, this announcement... And, and, you know... Okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead and play the music just to get ourselves rolling in the right direction. Oh, and by the way, listen. Even though... Even though Halloween was over just a few days ago, the main event decided we're going to keep this little tradition going. A little bit. Now, even though, like I said, Halloween is over, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to stop playing any Halloween music. So, we're going to make up for that on this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. You're going to hear several classic Halloween music that uh, you'll love and enjoy and everything else like that. And we'll start with this one. You heard it at the end of the last episode, and you're going to hear it again right here in the Main Event Talk Podcast. And then when we return, we'll talk about this announcement that took place with Tony Khan this past Wednesday. And um, it's not really much of an announcement, but it's an announcement that needs to be learned. Okay, let's begin, shall we? My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, the ghouls all came from their humble. From my electro They did the match They did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash They did the match It caught on in a flash They did the match They did the monster match The zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman Dracula and his son the scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the match. It's now the monster match. The monster match. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the match. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the match. It's now the monster match. Everything's cool, Drax a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash 
guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, before we begin this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, I want to go ahead and send out a big congratulations going out to the new World Series champions in the Texas Rangers. Now, I didn't get an opportunity to check out the World Series as it took place between the, uh, I believe it was the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers, but um, I've heard they've had an impressive record. And um, and it's funny because I believe this is the first time that the Texas Rangers have won a championship before. And I got to tell you, the funny part is, <clears throat> the funny part about all this is the fact that the trophy still stays in Texas. And there are some people that didn't exactly like that, you know. It's funny. We got some of the weirdest people in the world, especially when it comes to the people in Texas, because it's okay for the Houston for the Houston Astros to win a championship, but when the Texas Rangers are winning their very first championship, everyone has like a big problem with it, you know. And let's explain let's explain the whole story here. Um the Dallas Mavericks, and I'll give you an example because this is the biggest example of them all. The Dallas Mavericks have never won the NBA championships until back in, I think it was what, <clears throat> 10 years ago, right? When they won their first championship and they defeated the Miami Heat, right? And I think this is when uh, Dirk Nowitzki was still in the team and the Dallas Mavericks win their first NBA world championship, right? And you figured, hey, you bring it into Texas, look... If the San Antonio Spurs are not winning it, if the Rockets are not winning it, then let the Dallas Mavericks win it. And they win it <clears throat> their very first time. They bring it in. It's done. It's brought over to Texas. No big deal, right? It's okay for the Spurs to win it. It's okay for the Rockets to win it. But it's not okay for the Dallas Mavericks not to win it. Okay. Okay, and let, then let's lead another example if we can. Now, even though it hasn't happened yet, and I know a lot of people would probably like to see this, and some people would probably laugh at this when I say this. If, say, for example, the Houston Texans are winning their first championship, does that mean that they don't deserve to become champions? No, it's ridiculous. I mean, look, listen. For us, it'd be okay for the Houston Texans to become the champions, right? The Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys have won five championships, okay? There's nothing wrong with the Houston Texans winning their first championship. And here's the sad part. Everybody will screaming out the words, well, just, they just won it one time. Well, they can win it again if they want to. That's the whole point of it. Now, the whole thing with baseball. When you have, <clears throat> when you have the Houston Astros, who have won, let's see, about, what, two, three championships already for, for Texas, you know, when they win it, it's fine. When the when the Texas Rangers win their first one, everybody seems to have a problem with that, right? Everybody seems to have a problem with it. Here's the situation, guys. <clears throat> the situation goes a little something like this. The Texas Rangers won. 
They won their very first championship. It's brought over to Texas. Now, just about a year ago, the Astros had won their championship, right? And they brought it to Texas. Now, you still have the trophy in Texas, but this time it's under a different team in the in the Texas Rangers. Now, <clears throat> if people are going to have a problem with that, I'm sorry, I didn't make up the rules. And plus, they want it, they deserve it. Let's move on, okay? So nonetheless, big congratulations go out to the Texas Rangers for becoming the new 2023 World Series champions. And they truly deserve it. It's their first time. Let them have their moment to shine. You know, let let them have their moment, please, if you can. Okay, now let's get to um, let's get to some stuff here. Now, (laughs) so we're going to start off with this whole thing with, um, you know, I mentioned some of the problems that AEW has been having, right? And some of it involves Tony Khan, right? Some of it involves AEW and whole nine yards. Okay, so this has been an interesting year for Tony Khan because it seems like he has to have one announcement after another 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 announcement announcement every single time. There were some announcements that were okay and some announcements are like, really? Are you serious? And then... When the announcement was made when CM Punk was coming back, that, you know, got a got a bit reaction. That was pretty good. This announcement kind of... I'm not sure how to put this. Um, this announcement kind of... It didn't cross any barriers. It kind of put us in the same spot where we're at. Now, just to give you guys an idea of what this announcement is, we'll go ahead and we'll play that announcement for you right here, right now. So with that being said, let's get to the announcement that took place this past Wednesday night on AEW where Nigel McGuinness was right there, right next to Tony Khan, who made this announcement. And, (sighs) okay, you listen to the announcement, you be the judge for yourself. Thank you, fellas. Standing here alongside AEW CEO Tony Khan. And Tony, from what I understand, you have a huge announcement for all our fans all around the world. Absolutely, Nigel. It's been a great year for AEW. We had our biggest success ever this past August at Wembley Stadium. We sold the most tickets in pro wrestling history, and we had one of the greatest shows anyone's ever seen. And it was our debut in London, our debut in England, our debut in Europe. It was amazing. And now, speaking of amazing, all over the world, Christmas trees are going up. November 1st, tonight, it's the start of the holiday season. Although, at my parents' house, the tree's been up since July. (laughs) Nevertheless, it's the start of the holiday season, and I can't think of a better gift to give the wrestling fan and your family, your friends, your loved ones, anyone you care about, than a ticket to next year's AEW All-In, coming up August 25th, 2024. Tickets are on sale one month from now, December 1st. But you don't have to wait until December 1st. You can get involved. You can sign up right now. You can get the best tickets early. Nigel, tell them all about it. 
Well, Tony, here is my scoop. If you want access to the best seats before the general public, you can sign up now at ticketmaster.co.uk slash AEW Wembley 2024. Priority and early access pre-sales begin November 27th, with details being emailed to everybody that has registered. Like you said, Tony, this past summer, all in London, made history, setting the all-time pro wrestling paid attendance record with 81,035 tickets sold. In 2024, we rewrite history as AEW returns to England's prestigious sporting mecca, where legacies will be made and destroyed, moments that will echo through eternity. On a personal note, as a kid that sat in Wembley Stadium a little over 31 years ago and first dreamed of being a professional wrestler. Dreams unimaginable will be created again. And with a memory of that dream still in my heart, I cannot wait to see you all in Wembley Stadium, August 25th. Fellas, back to you. Okay, so um, you just heard that announcement from, from Nigel McGuinness and from Tony Khan. And that announcement is the fact that I guess they're going to give away free tickets to check out All In as it comes in in 2024. Right? That's what it is. Okay. Let the main event give you his constructive criticism. Now, Tony Khan has... uh, Imploded some huge announcements, right? He's made several announcements, some that were important and others that were just borderline ridiculous, okay? Now, Tony Khan has announced about AEW Collision. Okay, that was fine. That was okay. New show happening. Even though, in my opinion, it shouldn't exist anyway, he decided to go ahead and put that show out, right? Then he makes a big announcement about who and what places will take place over uh, for Collision, right? And I know that the first show would take place in Chicago, which was, wow, big time. Oh, yeah, that's it. What do we do now? And then, of course, we know about Punk being a part of it and the whole nine yards. And we know all, we know about every announcement that Tony Khan has ever made, right? And then there's the ones that just, okay, he makes an announcement about All In. He makes an announcement about this and that. He makes it a, an announcement about going to the UK. He makes an announcement about all these things that don't really matter. And let's... Let's call it like we see it. Everyone that listens to the Main Event Talk podcast knows that whatever announcement Tony Khan makes is nothing more than ridiculous. Now, let's let's straighten the facts here, if you will. Now, over in the WWE, okay, they've made some huge announcements, okay? Some about the ticket sales for the Royal Rumble sold out. That's a huge announcement. No big deal. Sold out tickets for WrestleMania. That's not a that's a big deal. Not a problem. How about how about the show taking place over in Australia for what is it? WWE's uh, Elimination Chamber as it happens over there. Now, 
Also, what about the announcement about Bash in Berlin in 2024? What about those? Those are some huge announcements that WWE is making. And it hasn't been official yet, but we know that there's supposed to be some news in regards to WWE backlash taking place over in France, which is Paris, France, which would be incredible if that takes place over there. Now, those are some huge announcements. Those are some mega announcements that all of us are looking forward to checking out, right? Now, Tony Khan is basically repeating everything that he's talking about when it comes to Wembley Stadium. Now, don't get me wrong. Wembley Stadium was tremendous. Wembley Stadium was great. I liked the AEW all-in concept. Now, the only thing that I find funny about that is this. When they did all-in several years ago, it was memorable. It was, you know, truly the one of the best pay-per-views that has ever came out back in 2018 when it came out. Now, the only thing that would have made this better, right? Now, 18, right? You know, we 19, 20, 21, 22, and then 23, five years ago, we do all in again, right? Now, for me, I would have loved to have booked Wembley Stadium in about another five years, okay? reason why I say another five years is because you want to make the event special. You don't want to overdo the event because it won't be as special as you think, right? Now, Tony Khan believes that he can do this every year. Now, here's the thing that I find funny with all of this. We talked about this on one of my episodes of Maybe at Tom Podcast where I, I talked about All In being a great pay-per-view, but then you got all, all Out the following week, right? Now, for me, it's like I'm not exactly a fan of... of well, I don't mind watching back-to-back pay-per-views if one event is going to happen on one weekend and another one happens on another weekend, right? (coughs) You also have to keep in mind, they, hold on, (coughs) I'm sorry, they were competing against WWE's, I believe it was Payback, I believe it was Payback that was side-by-side with the um, all-out, I believe, on pay-per-view that happened on Labor Day weekend, right? And it's one of those things that, you know, I was... I didn't have a problem with the wrestling taking place in that particular time, but I had wondered why, and more importantly, you just exhausted everything that took place at all-in. Right now, you're hoping to accomplish this again, and then you know, this announcement about giving away ticket sales. Look, number one, it's not exactly it's not exactly a big deal, right? It isn't. And I thought, I thought that Tony Khan's announcement was about the about the whole thing with uh, by the way, they have this uh, new pay per view coming out at the end of 2023 called The World Ends which will take place on a Saturday <laughs> on on pre-New Year's Eve, okay? 
pre I say pre New Year's Eve because New Year's Eve is on um New Year's Day is on January first, while New Year's Eve is on the thirty first, so this would be pre New Year's Eve. Now, this is day one. And I know some people wonder what I'm talking about what I mean by that. This is day one, right? This is a whole thing from day one from WWE. Remember several years ago, I think it was 2021, right? When they did the whole thing with day one, right? And it was pretty good for that time being. And they were going to try and do it the following year, which to me was absolutely ridiculous. If they try to do it again, if day one takes place on a Saturday, okay, we'll do it on a Saturday. If day one takes place on a uh, Monday or Tuesday, we have a fucking problem. Okay? Now Tony Khan decides we're going to do the world. The world ends. AEW world ends at the end of 2023. All because they want to keep adding pay-per-views. This is the thing. The WWE right now is smartly putting together all of these pay-per-views in the right moments at the right time. Okay? January begins with the Royal Rumble, right? Uh, Then you have Elimination Chamber on February. Uh, Then you have WrestleMania, I believe, in April, right? Um, Backlash is going to take place in May. Uh, We don't know the other pay-per-views that are going to take place in 2024, but we're keeping track of everything that goes on. They're smartly doing everything the way it needs to be done. Money's coming in, right? Everything, uh, you know, WWE is on high demand by everybody. And, you know, all of these pay-per-views are going to be worth everything to watch, right? Now, AEW, on the other hand, some of their pay-per-views are not exactly going to be worth watching. I mean, the only thing that will be worth watching in 2024, I think besides All In, would be revolution in 2024 because of Sting's retirement that will happen. And it's going to be something special to check out. Now, the thing with Tony Khan making these announcements, it's it's borderline stupid. It, there's no need for this announcement. And if anything, if, if Tony Khan is going to make an announcement like this, do it online or something or... Or put it out for uh, social media to check out, you know? I mean, it would be better like that. Now, if Tony Khan were to make an announcement about a new star coming in, that's fine. If Tony Khan is making an announcement about canceling Rampage, which would be the greatest news I've ever heard, I would like that. Or canceling Collision, or however this works. Those were announcements that fans would be more intrigued by than a bunch of ticket sales, okay? Now, I know Tony Khan... Tony Khan is going to continue to do the things that he does all the time. He is a mark for his own business, okay? He is he is a, a wrestling fan that doesn't know anything about the business itself. Now, for me, I mean, I, I am a huge wrestling fan, okay? All of us are huge wrestling fans. There are some of us that know what's good for the business, and there's some of us that don't know what's good for the business. And trust me, you'll know who those people are. The thing with Tony Khan, this announcement didn't mean anything. It's just an announcement about a bunch of ticket sales that might that people will get for free. Or you can pay for it before the actual ticket sale takes place. Okay, that's fine. But not a whole lot of people are going to be buying any tickets for all in. At least not yet anyway. 
Now, if it begins in 2024, or say it begins in the holiday season, then okay, you can go ahead and you can tell people about buying the ticket sales or have some sort of a travel package. You know, if people want to head over to uh, Wembley Stadium from the United States from there, or if people from Canada want to go over there, they can't. The bottom line is, is that this announcement didn't have to happen. This announcement didn't need to happen. All that had to happen was Tony Khan should have made an announcement about something that's bigger than anything in the world. Okay? Now, with that being said, the announcement I, I found to be was, was stupid. I thought it was ridiculous. And there's no need for the announcement. There really is no need for the announcement at all. I mean, if anything, I mean, we should just be glad that Tony's making any kind of announcement of any kind. I mean, considering that what's been happening in the past few weeks, few months, and everything. I mean, you know, the biggest problems with AEW right now are its television show, its storytelling, its stars. And, you know, we just found out, I found out most recently that uh, I believe Rock Anderson and Arn Anderson are no longer with AEW, right? And which I found that to be a whole lot more interesting than the announcement that Tony Khan put out on AEW Dynamite. Now, I don't know what the future holds for Brock Anderson, but I kind of hope that if WWE were to find a way to pick up on Brock Anderson, number one, I think they could do something with him, right? And number two, I think that if he were to go to NXT, he would fit in perfectly with the company. I think they could do something with Brock Anderson. And if Arn Anderson were there, you know, maybe to guide the ship of Brock Anderson in NXT or in WWE, I mean, we could see some big things happening. But at this point right now, I don't know what what uh, is happening with Brock Anderson at this point. We're just leaving it the way it is. The whole point of this is that Tony Khan's announcement was stupid, ridiculous, and there was no need for it. If it took place on social media, that's fine. We can dig. We can dig that. If it took place on their website, that's fine too. Bottom line is, there was no need for that announcement to take place on Dynamite at all. You can make it a huge, big deal. You could talk about the ticket sales that happened at Wembley Stadium. You could say that they 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 overflowed and. They had, what, 81,000 people that were there, right? You can talk about that. But what happens if, say, the ticket sales go down? And what happens if it doesn't go any higher than 81,000 fans? The bottom line is that Tony Khan needs to change his fucking shit. He needs to quit being the CEO and general manager and be a fucking boss. Quit trying to play Mark and quit trying to bring up all these announcements. And if you have an announcement to make... Ask yourself, is this an announcement you want to make to the fans on television or do you want to make it on social media? If it's a huge, big time, any sort of announcement that'll give us off of our seats, then put it on television. That's all you got to do. Just put it on television. If it's anything that involves ticket sales or any sort of things in that particular nature, put it on a website or put it on social media. That's all you have to do, Tony. Okay, you, you can't go any further than that. You don't want to go any further than that. But then again, Tony Khan really doesn't listen to anybody other than himself and the other people behind him. So what's really the point of all that? You know what I'm saying? 
So that's my reaction to the announcement. That's my reaction to everything that Tony Khan has to say. And as I stated before, <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny? Okay, we heard this announcement where we're in we're in November, right? <laughs> Don't be surprised if you hear another huge announcement somewhere in the month of November or December. His, you know what his announcement will be in December? Santa Claus is going to be all elite. Yes, along with all of his fucking reindeers, all right? That would be a better announcement than what he had just put out. That's what I'm saying, you know? Okay, so while we're on the subject of AEW, I wanted to go ahead and talk about Full Gear, as it's going to take place live on Saturday, November 18th. It'll take place over... At the, I believe it's called the L.A. Forum. The Kia Forum in L.A., if I'm not mistaken correctly. Let's see if I can read this correctly here. Okay, Saturday, November 18th. going to take place over in Englewood in uh, California. It's going to take place over at the Kia Forum. And uh, the event is going to be, um, don't know if it's sold out or not, but I know it's going to happen on Saturday, November 18th. And the main event's looking forward you checking out that event as it takes place. Of course, I'm going to have the TV out and everything. It's going to be one week before we get to Thanksgiving. Now, there have been a couple of matches added to here. We had about four matches that were added. Now we have several more that have been added to this event. Now, <coughs> let me give you some of the matches. Now, we're going to go up and down the card and everything. Instead of going uh, down and up like I have the last few times. We know that the Tag Team Championships, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, will be on the line. MJF and a partner of his choosing will be defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against the guns of Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn representing the Bullet Club Gold. Now, we know that MJF is going to go one-on-one against Jay White. And then after watching Dynamite from this past Wednesday, uh, just to just go ahead and get this out of the way. I saw the tag team match. MJF was searching and searching and searching for three partners. And the acclaim had kept coming up every single time. And let me tell you something. I think the funniest part of this whole thing. So, uh, I'll just get it out of the way. Um, MJF was looking for a partner. Was trying to, you know, the beginning of the show, uh, he talked about Adam Cole. And then all of a sudden he had uh, the Kingdom come in and get involved in the whole nine yards. And then all of a sudden he had uh, Wardlow going in the face of MJF. Um, uh, what else happened? Uh, MJF was knocking on the door of Kenny Omega's dressing room. Out comes Chris Jericho. And then uh, he was knocking. He was going to knock on the door of Samoa Joe. Did not happen. Uh, wrote on Darby Allen's door. Uh, was trying to go after. Was trying to pick whoever uh, was going to be his tag team partner. But the acclaim had kept coming up every single time. And then after that, um, uh, <laughs> the acclaim had gave one more shot and wanted to give him what was in this bag and everything else like that, right? And then, clearly MJF did not want to team with the Acclaim at all. And then all of a sudden, oh boy, and I I knew right away, uh, once MJF had a chance to see Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh and 
Sanjay Dunt and and Jay Lethal and all them. <laughs> you know he made his decision to go with the acclaim, right? So the tag match went down. Everything was cool. Um, MJF did not want a scissor. And then all of a sudden, uh, MJF had kept trying to go after Jay White. And Jay White was pulling some MJF tactics. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, the times, every time when MJF would piss somebody off and that certain wrestler would go after MJF, he would tag out and move out, you know, would move, you know, not go anywhere near uh, that opponent. MJF is, you know, using that kind of tactic. So he's going after Jay White and Jay White keeps dodging him and getting away from him every, every single time. And then all of a sudden, I guess there was a, uh, uh, I guess uh, Jay White had came into the ring, had tricked him, and then all of a sudden hit the switchblade. One, two, three. Jay White defeated MJF in the eight-man tag. So is that a sign of things to come? Are we going to see Jay White become the new AEW world champion as he defeats MJF? Or we're gonna see MJF hold on to the championship just a little while, a little while longer to defeat Jay White. We're gonna see that. That's gonna take place at the Full Gear event. Akaru Shira will go one on one against Timeless Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Championship, and then it's official. It is done, and he has accepted after what happened this past Wednesday night. Uh, Adam Copeland was in the ring uh, talking with Tony Schiavone. And then Christian Cage went out and basically told him to not step into the ring. And then Christian Cage had told him he was going to snap his neck. Um, Dar- uh, let's see. Uh, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne went ahead and attacked Adam Copeland. And then here comes Sting. Here comes Darby Allen. Everybody cleared the ring. Edge took the microphone and said he accepts and he is going to go to full gear with Sting and Darby Allen as they take on Christian Cage. Darby, uh, sorry, Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and Luchasaurus. That's going to happen, the six-man tag team matchup. Now, those are the four matches that were announced just a couple of days ago on the Main Event Talk podcast. Two new matches have been added, and let me go ahead and mention it right here. And these are two matches that we've seen before. And I cannot believe we're going to watch these matches, but it's going to happen anyway. Let's look into it. Singles match for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy. (laughs) We'll go one-on-one against Jon Moxley. We know what's going to happen there. And then, of course, a singles matchup. And uh, these two had faced off at the Wrestle Dream about a couple of weeks ago. And they're going to face off again. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was uh, it was a month ago when they went out off against each other. Hangman Adam Page to go one-on-one against Swerve Strickland. So, so far, we've got about six matches that are added to the Full Gear pay-per-view. And no doubt there'll be more matches to come. Uh, no word on the Tag Team Championship. No word on any title matches that are going to be happening in this show. Uh, the only thing I can probably put together at this point is whatever's going to happen at Full Gear will happen. And in the next few weeks to come, before we get to November 18th, I will make some more announcements and see what's going to take place at the Full Gear event. We know that those are the eight matches, or I'm sorry, the six matches are going to happen at the Full Gear event. 
It's going to happen at the Forum. And um, that's it for now. So if I hear any announcements, I'll let you guys know about it. Right here uh, on the Main Event Talk Podcast. AEW's Full Gear will happen Saturday, November 18th. Live on pay-per-view. And no doubt the Main Event will be watching that event. And much, much more. We'll see what happens on November 18th. AEW Full Gear. Live over at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles or in or in uh, Inglewood, California. We'll see how that rolls. Uh, we'll see how it rolls. Okay, big shout out to the group known as New Year's Day. Um, <laughs> and I tell you, one of the things I loved about the uh, Halloween Havoc event was while all of these so-called wrestling journalists and all these guys that, that well, they think they know wrestling, but uh, when it comes to music, when it comes to metal music, the main event brings it to you like no other. So big shout out to the New Year's Day band. And I got to say, 
Um, I have not heard most of their music, but they sound fantastic. And I got to tell you, this really brings in the NXT like how it's supposed to be. Because I was so used to listening to NXT when they had uh, like Slipknot or when they had... um, uh, who else played on there also? I think uh, Corey Taylor. Uh, there there were certain bands that had a certain theme that came along with NXT and it worked out perfectly. Now, when the NXT 2.0 came along, they brought some music in, but it wasn't exactly, you know, that kind of music that, you know, anybody listened to and everything else like that. I mean, it was fine for th- that particular NXT, but not for this particular NXT. So New Year's Day brings in this whole fire. And if you've never heard their music, you got to get a chance to listen to it on Spotify, Apple Pod, uh, Apple Music, and uh, I think you can find them on YouTube as well. Uh, they got some fantastic music, and uh, I'm going to get a chance to listen to that band when I have the opportunity. i am always been a big fan of listening to some new bands that are coming up and everything and something that really sticks out that's going to really, you know, shake things up as far as how that shit rolls. We might get a chance to sample some New Year's Day music here on the Made of It Tonk podcast soon. Who knows, maybe maybe we'll play something later on today. <coughs> but anyways, let's get into Halloween Havoc. Let's get into night one as it took place, but night two as it takes place. But before we talk about that, Let's talk about some of the matches that took place at night one. Now, I did mention it on the Main Event Talk podcast on the last episode, and I'm going to mention it right here once again. Let's go from the list up and down as it goes. Uh, I'm not sure if this... I don't think this is the first matchup, but um, it is written on here. I'm going to go ahead and talk about it, and um, I think it looked like Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen defeated... Uh, Tavior Heights and Riley Osborne via pinfall uh, on a tag match. I think this took place, uh, I think it was a dark match from what I understand. So it was kind of not, you know, televised in any way possible, which is fine. So right here, uh, the first matchup of the night of night one of Halloween Havoc. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Devil's Playground match. Roxanne Perez defeated Kiana James. Singles match. Lexis King made his debut for the very first time. But for those of you that don't know who Lexis King is, he is the artist formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr., making himself a huge name in NXT, defeating Dante Chin in a singles match. NXT Women's Breakout Tournament Semifinals. Kalani Jordan defeated Ariana Grass Grace via pinfall. Tag match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Chase University's Duke Hudson and Andre Chase defeated the family of Tony D'Angelo and charming uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo, or Stax Lorenzo, if you will. Uh, let's see. Uh, Blair Davenport defeated um, Gigi Dolan in the spinning wheel. Make the deal. Lights out match. Lola Vice defeated Cameron uh, Pet Petrovic. Uh, Petrovic, I think that's who her name is in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament semifinals. So Lola Vice would take on 
Kalani Jordan in night two of Halloween Havoc, which we will talk about in a moment. And then, of course, in the main event, Laya Valkyria defeated the man Becky Lynch to win her first NXT Women's Championship. Big congratulations go out to her. And uh, we know that she is scheduled to make an appearance on NXT uh, this coming Tuesday night to make her first appearance as the NXT Women's Champion. I know that there's going to be a lot of women that are going to be gunning for her and gunning for the NXT Championship. Now, during that matchup, uh, just to mention this out of the way, we know that Jade Cargill was there to check out the match and there when she won the championship. Now, the biggest question remains, we do not know where Jade Cargill's going at this point. We don't now, and just to kind of bring this up because there have been some speculation, there's been some rumors, there's been a lot of talk happening. Is Jade Cargill going to appear at the Crown Jewel event that's going to happen tomorrow night? Will she keep her eye on the AE, on the WWE Women's Championship or the World Women's Championship? Or will she be keeping an eye on the NXT Women's Championship? Now, personally to me, my personal, my personal thought is let Jade do whatever the hell she wants to do. But if she goes after the NXT Women's Championship... Believe me, it will be the easier time for her to do that. And to me, with all due respect, I like that uh, Laya Valkyria is the champion. And I'm glad she's a champion because several months ago, I think it was around, what was it? Great American Bash or what was um, one of those? Oh, it was Battleground. Where she had an opportunity to become the NXT Women's Champion but it ended up at the hands of Tiffany Stratton. And I think Tiffany Stratton was a great champion. I think she was a great champion, and I would have loved for her to become champion once again. But it's one of those situations where I guess they wanted someone to represent the company just a little bit better. Tiffany was a good champion, but I don't think she had what it takes to be champion just yet. Uh, who knows? Maybe her fan base will get a little bit bigger. Maybe not bigger. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. When Tiffany defeated Laya Valkyria, and Laya Valkyria was the better athlete, and, and I'll call it like a, she was the better athlete in that match. I don't think a lot of people paid attention to that, but she was the better athlete in that match between her and Tiffany Stratton at the Battleground pay-per-view. I think that there was going to be another opportunity for her to become the champion and this was the opportunity. And she went up against not just one of the greatest champions of all time, but she went up against Becky Lynch and defeated her and took the championship. And now she's going to go places with that championship. So now, big question remains, who's going to go after her and will it be Jade Cargill? We're going to see how all that rolls out in the next couple of weeks to come. Now, we've already covered night one. Let's cover night two. Now, there are two matches, uh, two dark matches that took place right here. And uh, let me go ahead and bring up those two dark matches. Uh, Ivy Nile defeated uh, Jada Parker in a submission match. Uh, via submission, I'm sorry. Another singles matchup, Brooke Jensen defeated Oba Femi via pinfall right there. And then we begin Halloween Havoc Night 2. Now, I did not get a chance to check out part of this Halloween Havoc because I had left um, because I went to my work and I had to go get my phone because 
when I got dropped off here at the house, uh, I found out, I was trying to look around for my phone. I was like, what happened to my phone? Oh my God, I left it over at the fucking, at the fucking work. So I had to, luckily I, I had a, I had the key to get in and everything else like that. Got my phone, brought it in. Missed a little bit of Halloween Havoc, but I'll be able to watch the rest when I can. But I want to go ahead and give you the results of the match anyway. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Tables, ladders, and sh- tables, ladders, and scares. Oh my! The Creed brothers, who had an outstanding tag team match against the uh, the Alpha Academy from Monday Night Raw uh, this past Monday night, <coughs> they defeated Angel Garza and Alberto Carrillo via pinfall in this one. Uh, singles match for the NXT North American Championship. Dirty Dom, Dominic Mysterio, defeated Nathan Frazier. That's not a, that's not a surprise there. Uh, singles matchup, Ron Breaker defeated Mr. Stone. Not a surprise. And then there was the appearance, of course, of, um, of Von Wagner, who came out, you know, bandage up head and all, you know, just how it is. And, um... Uh, let's see. Let me continue on here. Tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Chelsea Green and Piper Nivett defeated Chase University of Thea Hale and J.C. Jane with Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. Uh, obviously, we knew what happened in this matchup. Um, Duke Hudson, or I'm sorry, not Duke Hudson. It was um, Andre Chase who was trying to do the right thing. Uh, kept the championship away from J.C. Jane. Uh, J.C. Jane was wondering what the hell got distracted, and Chelsea Green took advantage of the hell, took advantage of a situation, won the match. That was it. Retained the tag team championship. That's how it went down. This matchup right here: uh, Lola Vice defeated Kilani Jordan to become the NXT uh, to become the NXT Women's Breakout Champion. In this matchup, so she defeated Kalani Jordan. And this, uh, to me, personally, Kalani Jordan has all the potential, has a lot of ta- has a lot of talent in her, and uh, I'm hoping we see just just a little bit more of Kalani Jordan. I think she deserves a whole lot more than uh, Lola Vice. And the only reason why people are, are liking Lola Vice is because she's hot, she's sexy, and I believe she's also a former MMA fighter from Bellator. So most of you guys have an idea about that. So she's impressive, but she's not that impressive in my eyes. I want to see just a little bit more about what she could bring to the table and everything as opposed to what everyone else sees. it. Because, look, listen, let's face it. If I look at a woman for eye candy appeal and everything else like that, then that's fine. That's good. But when it comes to the WWE, she needs to wrestle. She needs to be hot. She needs to be sexy. She needs to show me what she got. All right? Being hot and sexy doesn't mean a damn thing, in my personal opinion. Right. And then, of course, in the main event, a singles match for the NXT Championship, it's um, Ilya Dragunov defeated Carmelo Hayes to retain the championship. This was a fantastic match between these two individuals. This was just as good as the first and just as good as the second with one little incentive. There was an appearance by Trick Williams. Trick Williams pretty much distracted his best friend. Ilya Dragunov took advantage of the situation. 
One, two, three. Carmelo Hayes loses in this matchup. Ilya Dragunov retains the NXT Championship. And there was a bit of a face-to-face confrontation between the two individuals. And then right as Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes were about to have the little talk and have the little confrontation, if you will, all of a sudden backstage, all of a sudden something went down and apparently Ilya Dragunov got attacked by Baron Corbin. So that means that eventually somewhere in the near future, we'll probably see a match between Baron Corbin and Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. And no doubt we'll probably see a confrontation between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And we know how that's going to roll. We know how that's going to happen. This is pretty much a a vision of what Shawn Michaels and Triple H had did several years ago. And some of you guys will probably get an idea of that. So none of the, Oh, and by the way, there were a couple of things that um, that I did see in this whole situation, right? Um, the whole thing with... Um, and I think I saw... Let me see if I can um, look at it here because there were... Uh, I think there was a... There was an interview with um, Alexis King that took place. And then there was also uh, some haunted... Yeah, there it is. There was a haunted uh, metaphor... Cha- uh, metaphor were being chased all around the haunted house. I saw part of that because they were all trying to look for the Heritage Cup championship that was in the possession of Akira Tozawa, right? And I guess, um, uh, who was it? What, what's that guy's name? Uh, Supernova, whatever that dude's name is. Uh, Noah, Noah Darm or whatever the fuck his name is, has um, granted his opportunity. So I guess the next week on NXT, we're going to see the Heritage Cup championship take place. Akira Tozawa to take on Noam Darm for the NXT Heritage Cup championship. It should be interesting to check out there. So that's what took place at Halloween Havoc. A lot of stuff that went down. And I would have loved to have seen this event take place on pay-per-view instead of it taking place on television. But however they want to do it, either way possible, you know, you know, I haven't had a chance to look at any of the older Halloween Havocs that I was watching. There was a Best of Halloween Havoc that I was looking at this past weekend um, watching some classic Halloween Havoc matches that happened. Uh, the the classic matchup between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. That was a classic one from back in 1997. From uh, the whole thing with Hulk Hogan and the Giant, uh, better known as the Big Show, that happened there. And then, of course, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage having a match with Diamond Dallas Page in a, I believe it was in a last man standing match. I remember that one. Uh, there was another one with Vader taking on Mick Foley in a Texas death match. A real Texas death match, by the way, to those people that don't know what a Texas death match is. And um, let's see, there was a couple of others. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. took on, oh, Brian Pillman, I'm sorry. Flying Brian Pillman took on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Sting took on Jake the Snake Roberts in a spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. There were several classic Halloween ha- Halloween Havoc matches that I would have loved to have checked out the full pay-per-views. And if you want to check out all of those classic Halloween Havoc events from the WCW days, go to the WWE Network or go to Peacock and check out all of those events. Halloween Havoc was special. 
Halloween Havoc was great. And if you have not had a chance to see NXT's Halloween Havoc Night 1 and Night 2, check it out on Peacock. You'll love it. You'll see how it goes. NXT's Halloween Havoc was spectacular to watch. And I hope you get a chance to check out the Encore presentation as it happens on Peacock.
Hey, what's going on, guys? Roman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. October is officially over, and November is coming, which means Thanksgiving is on the way, and I know that a lot of you are going to be spending time with your loved ones, your friends, and family around that particular point in time. Now, I'm sure you're going to be stuffed with turkey and the cranberry sauce and the whole nine yards, but if you want to go somewhere to go check out your favorite uh, Dallas Cowboy game or check out any football game of that particular nature... Rich's Billiards is definitely going to be the place to go. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, will they be open on Thanksgiving Eve? I believe it depends on the time frame, but they will definitely be open around that time. They will be open on Thanksgiving Eve, and they will be open on Black Friday as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on that particular holiday weekend, bring your friends, bring your family over, and come over to Rich's Billiards at 5815 Weber here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Check out their beer specials, check out all their shots, and even, you know, if you're not stuffed with uh, turkey in any way possible, you can even check out the food over at Pinkies, just inside Rich's Billiards. You can go there and eat their wings, eat their hamburgers, eat their hot dogs. Uh, I believe they have pizza. I'm not sure, but I'm just throwing it out there. But check out Pinkies inside. Their food is fantastic. And the main event definitely recommends you check that out. And besides all that, there's going to be several things that are going to be happening at Richard's Billiards, including several live shows. And, of course, our good friends at Emo Night will be performing several shows happening in that particular month as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving Day, then head over to Richard's Billiards and come over and hang with us on this very special holiday month. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player from the Main Event Talk Podcast, and I approve this message. This Friday, with WWE Crown Jewel on the horizon. The world is talking about Crown Jewel. The action levels up. And the competitors weigh in. What will the social media maverick have in store for Mysterio when they square off in the weigh-in? Plus, the defiant LA Knight trying to get under the skin of Roman Reigns. Will the tribal chiefs silence the megastar ahead of their championship match at Crown Jewel? Can LA Knight survive and advance for the biggest match of his career? Yeah. Friday Night Smackdown. This Friday, 8, 7 Central, only on Fox. Friday Night Smackdown is going to be taking place later on today. Now, as I mentioned, this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast is happening on a Friday. So that means that uh, Crown Jewel is going to be happening on a Saturday, which will happen around the afternoon time. So you guys will get an opportunity to check out Friday Night Smackdown as it takes place. Now, it is going to be a taped show, so you guys know that uh, there's going to be a weigh-in that's going to take place between Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio. And... uh, What's going to happen between L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns? Uh, what's going to happen between Bianca Belair and Bailey as they face off against each other on Friday Night SmackDown? A lot of stuff is going to be happening within the next few hours when we get to Crown Jewel, as is going to happen on Saturday, November 4th, which is tomorrow night. So get a chance to check out Crown Jewel as we can. So... On uh, on this next part, obviously, we're going to talk about Crown Jewel right here. But before we do that, the main event wants to go ahead and um, 
I've set up a few a few things that are going to be happening. So I'm going to give you a list of the matches that are going to happen, and I'm going to go one by one on each of those matches and everything. So <clears throat> let's look at all the matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel. Now, EO Sky with Bailey in her corner and Dakota Kai will go one-on-one -on -one against Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Championship. John Cena versus Sola Sokoa. That's going to take place as well in a singles matchup. Cody Rhodes to take on Damian Priest, also in a singles match. United States Championship will be on the line. Rey Mysterio will be defending his championship against Logan Paul. Roman Reigns to defend his championship against the Megastar, with everybody saying it, L.A. Knight. Yeah. And by the way, happy birthday to L.A. Knight. His birthday was uh, November 1st, as a matter of fact. So, wish him a happy birthday when he have the opportunity, and no doubt he'll probably win that championship over at Crown Jewel, if it happens. Rhea Ripley will be defending her championship in a fatal five-way match for the Women's World Championship as she defends against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. And the World Heavyweight Championship matchup will be on the line as Seth Rollins will go one-on-one -on -one against Drew McIntyre and the kickoff show is going to begin with Sami Zayn versus JD McDonough. That's going to be the beginning of the countdown show. Now, <clears throat> obviously, there's a, a lot of things that the main event is going to be talking about in each of these matches. So let's discuss the first matchup that we're going to talk about. And we're going to go right to my little time machine and everything else like that, my, my little noisemaker, if you will. Get to that, and then we talk about, we'll talk about each of the matches as we go along. So, let's begin the noise, and then, <clears throat> sorry, let's begin the noise, and let's begin the discussion on each of the matches that are going to happen at WWE Crown Jewel happening this Saturday. So, they start off with the, uh, the kickoff show that's going to happen at the uh, Crown Jewel pay-per-view. Sami Zayn going up against J.D. McDonough. Uh, I think this is a match that has happened before. I think J.D. McDonough has... Uh, I, I'm not sure if he's had a win uh, as far as I remember it. I think J.D. McDonough and um, Sami Zayn have faced off against each other before, but I, you know, it's one of these matches that... Um, I am looking forward to seeing this matchup as far as the countdown show goes, but I'm going to be a little bit surprised uh, about it because um, if you remember uh, a while back, I think it was the United Champions event that took place over in Saudi Arabia several months back when uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were tag team champions. Um, I, I was surprised that uh, Sami Zayn would be a part of the event, right? Simply because of his, you know, I believe he's... Muslim, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I know he's Canadian, but I also know that he is a, uh, a Muslim descent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, because the few times that he has uh, been in Saudi Arabia, I believe he, he didn't want anything to do with it. But now at Crown Jewel, he'll be a part of it. And I'm not sure what sort of special thing that is going to happen. But no doubt the crowd over in Saudi Arabia... We'll definitely be looking forward to seeing Sami Zayn over there. Now, <clears throat> this matchup, as some people predicted, um, Sami Zayn taking on uh, J.D. McDonough. 
Um, JD's not a part of the Judgment Day. JD's not a part of the Judgment Day by any means. He's just there as a lackey, you know, basically a lap dog for the Judgment Day, and he wants to be a part of it, right? In some way, shape, or form. Now, you would have figured, <laughs> and this is just me talking, you would have figured that if the Judgment Day needed a new member so badly, why didn't they just add J.D. McDonough? Why not just add him to your list of many individuals that you want to put in the Judgment Day? I mean, I would rather have somebody that wants to be a part of the Judgment Day as opposed to recruiting somebody that doesn't want anything to do with the Judgment Day. So, in this matchup, uh, I expect things to between these two to be extremely good. Uh, it'll probably last about a good 10 minutes, maybe less than 10 minutes, depending. And um, I I know some people were expecting J.D. McDonough to win the matchup and, you know, because of interfer- possible interference from the um, Judgment Day could happen. But I'm kind of hoping for, well, Sami Zayn winning, <clears throat> Sami Zayn winning wouldn't be so bad. But I think J.D. does need to have a win. In this one, I think he does, you know, just for the sake of him having a win and for him having a win for the Judgment Day. So, in the kickoff show, I think we will stick with, um, I'll stick with Sami Zayn. I, uh, JD McDonough is a tremendous athlete, the Irish ace, if you guys remember him quite well back in the NXT UK, uh, days, you know, when he was there. Uh, I think Sami Zayn will pull it off, but I think if the Judgment Day does get involved, then J.D. McDonough will somehow win. And anyway, it's possible. But in this matchup, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Sami Zayn in this one. I think he needs a win. I think he needs to put away the Judgment Day, like he like he has said. <clears throat> and what a way to start off by eliminating a member of the Judgment Day. In J.D. McDonough, who's not even a member. So, I say Sami Zayn will win, and he will beat J.D. McDonough at the kickoff show at WWE Crown Jewel. The WWE Women's Championship match. Um, EO Sky going one-on-one against Bianca Belair. Well, I, I don't really expect it to be a one-on-one match, and obviously because we're going to have Dakota Kai and Io Sky involved. I mean, uh, Dakota Kai and Bailey involved, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I think this is a match where I don't think anybody, it, you know, um, and I hate to say this because I think this is what I think some people will probably see. I mean... These two have faced off against each other before. If anybody remembers the backlash pay-per-view that happened between these two, at the time, Bianca was the, if I'm not mistaken, she was the, um, I believe it was the Raw Women's Championship, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Bianca Belair held on that championship for a while. And uh, it would have been perfect for EO Sky to win that championship at Backlash, but we knew the end result of it. But at the time, I believe the fans were getting more behind 
EO Sky than they were Bianca Belair. So there was a change in the guard at that time. Um, then there was a triple threat match that happened between EO Sky, Bianca Belair, and Charlotte Flair. Bianca had won her championship, got it back, but she only had it for a brief moment until EO Sky went ahead and cashed in her money in the bank and became the first time ever NX, uh, first time ever WWE Women's Champion. Now, we know that if Bailey and Dakota Kai get involved, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's way too obvious, you know, and it's, it's you know, and, and here's the thing. You've got these general managers that are there. Don't you think they would have been smart enough to take out everyone that's there? You know, I mean, it's one thing when it's the bloodline, but you would have figured, okay, let's have Bianca and EO Sky go at it one-on-one without having the interference of damage control. So that way it would be a, a one-on-one match. No, it doesn't happen. They just allow all this to happen. So in this match, I mean, obviously there's going to be several several key points that some people have brought up. Um, Bianca Belair, Neo Sky. Um, obviously, Neo Sky is going to have Dakota Kai and um, Bailey to be involved in the match. And I think there's a possibility of seeing an Asuka and possibility possibility of seeing a Charlotte Flair involved in the matchup. I think what we need to see. My my prediction on this is that Eo Sky winning it would be okay, you know, because I kind of want her title reign to last a little bit longer than expected. But there's going to come a point where eventually she's going to have to lose the title, and eventually it's going to end up in the at the hands of of Bailey and Dakota Kai. Here's my here's my thought on this. The breakup of damage control is coming soon. Now I don't think it's gonna happen now. If it happens, say right after Crown Jewel, that would be interesting. If it happens before the end of 2024 or 23, it'll be interesting. If it happens at the beginning of 2024, it'll be interesting too. The bottom line is, is that EO Sky is a great champion, really does not need damage control. And it almost seems lately like, you know, EO Sky is just letting Dakota, uh, letting Dakota Kai and letting Bailey make the decisions for her as far as her championship goes. So it would be nice if Bianca Belair were to retain the championship, but I don't think it'll happen just yet. So I'm thinking I'm thinking EO Sky should retain her championship. And I'm thinking that something will happen between the members of Damage Control. And whatever happens, happens at this point. So as much as it would be cool to see Bianca Belair walk away with the championship, I think it would be better to see what's going to happen if if EO Sky were to walk away with the championship. So, interference or not, I think EO Sky will walk away with her WWE Women's Championship, and Bianca will either blame it on damage control or blame it on somebody else. I mean, we're going to see how all this turns out at WWE Crown Jewel. Should be interesting. 
For 21 years, you've been a real-life superhero. I raised my kids to be more like you than, than I wanted them to be like me. And then came SummerSlam against Roman Reigns when, with all due respect, Roman Reigns proved you're not the greatest of all time in the ring anymore. But that's not a bad thing. Because as long as you can take a microphone and bring it up to your mouth, John Cena, and this is coming from me, you are the greatest of all time at communication in the history of WWE. And now the order has come down from the top, from the very top, from the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. It's not enough for Roman Reigns to spear you. Oh, he'll break your ribs, but you've, you've had broken ribs before. You'll come back from that. It's not enough for Jimmy Uso to come off the top rope and splash you and crack your sternum. You've had a cracked sternum before. You've come back from that, but solo. Oh. Solo hits you with that spike. And then you can't talk anymore, John. John Cena versus Solo. Spike! Solo takes that away from you. And the bloodline takes you away from your WWE universe. You come out here and you open your heart and you say, I must win, I must win, I must win, I must, I must, I must. And John Cena, in the one match left in your career that you must win, you can't win. And John Cena, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Solo! The call from behind! Ambushing Cena. Heyman suckered him in, and Solo Sokoa struck. So John Cena and Solo Sokoa will happen at Crown Jewel. Um, this is going to be an interesting match, to say the very least. Now, to give everyone a specific record as far as John Cena goes, it's uh, it's been a long time since John Cena has had a win over Solo. Well, I've been a long time since John Cena had a win, period. Now, John Cena, as we know, is probably going to be around the WWE for about one more month at least. Um, until the whole actor Gil strike or whatever that is happening will come to an end. Now, I think I see John Cena sticking around the WWE for just a little while longer before he gets right back to work and everything else like that. Now, for him to take on Sola Sokoa at Crown Jewel, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So John Cena has lost to Roman Reigns. 
He lost to The Fiend. He lost to Austin Theory, which <laughs> I still feel that he should have won that match, in my personal opinion. But <laughs> now uh, Cena is going to be in a match against Solo Sokoa at Crown Jewel. Now, my opinion, and I'll make this as short as possible. I think John Cena does need to win the match. Now, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think John Cena needs to definitely have a win in this matchup. And number two, I don't think this is going to hurt Solo Sokoa in any way possible. If anything, I think this will help and elevate Solo in, into a whole new height. Because uh, Solo has been a massive, massive deal with the bloodline for a while. Um, it's been over, probably over a year now since he's been part of the main roster. And Solo Sokoa has done everything in his power to stand by the side of the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. So in this matchup for John Cena, I do see Solo losing to John Cena. And it will be via mistake, you know. Now, I'm not saying that... Uh, Solo Sokoa is just some some flunky that will go ahead and just lose to John Cena. If anything, uh, Solo is pretty much going to be like Umaga in, in many ways. I mean, you know, there was, um, and I think I saw it somewhere um, where I guess somebody had uh, put a camera out where John Cena had a little confrontation with uh, Solo Sokoa, uh, mentioning uh, <laughs> that he's a wannabe Taz ripoff of some kind, which is pretty funny to say the very least. So at Crown Jewel, I expect um, John Cena to have a good match with Solo, and I expect it to end the way it needs to end. If Solo wins, it will be good for his career, obviously, but I don't think it'll be good for John Cena, and I don't think the fans will like that either. So I think the smart money would be to let John Cena win. And plus, when you think about it, it's over in Saudi Arabia. It's over in Saudi Arabia. So I think it would be best to see John Cena win on there for now until something comes up. So the main event's predicting John Cena to beat Solo Sokoa at WWE Crown Jewel. Should be a great match. And... Um, if Solo loses, it won't be that bad on his part. It won't. You know, that's just counting how it is. But <clears throat> I think John Cena does need to win at Crown Jewel, and it needs to take place to kind of, you know, do the whole let's let Cena win for now, and then if we choose to beat him later, we will. So that's how it is. So in the meantime, main event's predicting that John Cena will win over Solo Sokoa at Crown Jewel. So no, I'm not here for Rey Mysterio, but Rey does have something I need. You see, Rey has respect. I don't need your respect. Rey has legacy. I got my own legacy. Rey! has the U.S. Championship. The coveted U.S. Championship. And I do need that championship. So even though last weekend I just beat up a deadbeat dad, 
It looks like a crown jewel. I'ma have to beat up another. You actually remind me a lot of my son Dominic. Amazing natural ability. Passion. You're dripping with passion. Incredible career ahead of you. And a big mouth just like Dom. Oh, and I forgot. Igual de tontos los dos. I really think you need some humbling. And you know, the last time I had to kick some sense into Dom, not gonna lie, I was a little reluctant. But you, Logan, tú, I'm not gonna hesitate to whoop your ass. You say, you say you need this. You want this. Tu quieres este título? You want this title? Si. So badly. But you know what? I'll give you the opportunity. Logan Paul versus Rey Misterio for the United States Championship at Crown Jewel. Oh, y que viva mi raza. This matchup right here for the United States Championship. I mean, we, we knew Logan Paul was going to head over to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we know that he was there, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago. He had a uh, title fight, or a title match of some kind. And now he returns, and this time um, he's going after the United States Championship. Now, Rey Mysterio has been champion for, I believe, the past month now. And... Um, for him to have uh, to defend a championship against Logan Paul, there's a couple of scenarios that we need to look at here. Now, now there are some people that like Logan Paul, like myself, you know, because I do like him, and there are others that don't like him because of his media snar and everything else like that. Now, just to kind of break the scenario here, if Logan Paul were to walk away with the United States Championship. It would be incredible for his career, obviously, because he would win a championship in the WWE. But it would also be very, very bad because, you know, the championship will now be in his possession. And, it, you know, if, he, if he's anything like Roman Reigns or if he's anything like um, maybe a Gunther, perhaps... Um, you know, I don't want to put I don't want to put Logan Paul in the same category as these individuals. But the reason why I'm mentioning this is because 
if Logan Paul were to walk away with the United States Championship of Crown Jewel, we would probably see less and less of the United States Championship. Now, in a business standpoint in WWE, if someone like a Logan Paul were to walk away with the United States Championship, business standpoint, be good because of the Logan Paul name and he could, you know, challenge anybody if he wanted to, but it won't be one of those things where he's going to be a fighting champion and he's going to go after every champion, everyone in WWE. He's going to pretty much have the championship, hold on to it for probably about 30 days until his next challenger comes along. And some people will like it and then some people will not because, you know, either... You know, do, do I see the championship as it being more prestigious around Logan Paul's waist? Um, in a way, yes, be- because of the fact that he is a, he's an athlete. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. He's a, bo- a boxer, but he's also a tremendous athlete in the ring, so he has a lot of experience. He's already, he's already competed in the WWE. He's went up against Roman Reigns. He went up against Seth Rollins. He went up against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. He went up against The Miz. He's, he's got a lot of experience now. So, Logan Paul winning the United States... Cha- oh, let's not forget Rick, Ricochet. Logan Paul to win the United States Championship would be fantastic. It would be fantastic to win the United States Championship. But it would also be bad because we might not see the championship that much at all. So... There have been some predictions about how this matchup is going to go down. Uh, Rey Mysterio, a lot of people have been mentioning about the whole thing with Dominic Mysterio. Now, we know that Logan Paul has showed up on Monday Night Raw, and I believe Dominic Mysterio had started, I guess, being friends with Logan Paul. So, there's a lot of people that have been addressing the idea of Logan Paul, or I'm sorry, Dominic Mysterio, going after Rey Mysterio once again and have it take place at WrestleMania. Which, in my opinion, I, I really don't want to see the match. I mean, I, I don't want to because it's already been done. It's already been finished. The, the, the father has already proven the son wrong in many ways. But also, I think, I don't know, if they're going to do it, you know, just just keep the two separate. Just keep the two separate no matter what, but... I think I still think Rey Mysterio needs to hold on to the championship just a little while longer. But if it ends up in the in the possession of Logan Paul, good for business, maybe. Uh, not good for the fan base because I don't think they'll like that. So what's my prediction? What's my thought of it? I hate to say this, but... Um, as much as I want Rey Mysterio to win the championship, to retain the championship anyway, I think it's going to end up around the waist of Logan Paul. I think it will. I mean, it it may ha- it may happen for two reasons. Number one, Logan Paul will probably pull a dirty trick, and number two, I think that dirty trick will be Dirty Dom, if you know what I mean. So. I mean, that could happen, but who knows? Uh, the LWO could come out and play a major role in the whole situation as well, so we don't want to rule them out for anything whatsoever. So my prediction will be, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with Logan Paul to become the United States champion. 
I think it will happen. I see it happening. And Rey Mysterio, um, you know, to lose the championship. But I wouldn't be surprised if he retains the championship. But we'll we'll go with Logan Paul. We'll see. We'll see how all this progresses at Crown Jewel. Whether we see Logan Paul walk away with the championship or lose, um, he has won a match. Uh, he's won against Ricochet. He's won against Rey Mysterio before. He's won against The Miz. So those are some, you know, this is kind of a, where are we at? Three and three right now? Uh, I know Logan Paul has lost a match to Roman Reigns and lost a match to Seth Rollins. I believe that's twice from what I understand. So Logan Paul's had a win over Rey Mysterio one time. Uh, He's had a match with The Miz and won that match, right? And also had a match with Ricochet Show. It's uh, five matches, three he's won, two he's lost. So, we can place that under the belt and everything else like that. So, I say Logan Paul to retain his championship. Uh, Logan Paul to become the new United States champion. If that happens, social media is going to be flying all over the place. On Instagram, on Facebook, Everywhere, It's going to be a huge deal if Logan Paul does win the championship. And no doubt the wrestling community, the internet wrestling community, are going to go completely nuts. And they're going to be voicing their opinions as only as they can. So it's going to be interesting to check out. So Logan Paul to become the new United States champion. And Rey Mysterio, well, we'll we'll just see what happens at Crown Jewel. Father Ray.
Hey, what's going on, guys? Roman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. October is officially over, and November is coming, which means Thanksgiving is on the way, and I know that a lot of you are going to be spending time with your loved ones, your friends and family around that particular point in time. Now, I'm sure you're going to be stuffed with turkey and the cranberry sauce and the whole nine yards, but if you want to go somewhere to go check out your favorite uh, Dallas Cowboy game or check out any football game of that particular nature, Rich's Billiards is definitely going to be the place to go. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, will they be open on Thanksgiving Eve? I believe it depends on the time frame, but they will definitely be open around that time. They will be open on Thanksgiving Eve, and they will be open on Black Friday as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on that particular holiday weekend, bring your friends, bring your family over, and come over to Rich's Billiards at 5815 Weber here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Check out their beer specials, check out all their shots, and even... You know, if you're not stuffed with uh, turkey in any way possible, you can even check out the food over at Pinkies, just inside Rich's Billiards. You can go there and eat their wings, eat their hamburgers, eat their hot dogs. Uh, I believe they have pizza. I'm not sure, but I'm just throwing it out there. But check out Pinkies inside. Their food is fantastic. And the main event definitely recommends you check that out. And besides all that, there's going to be several things that are going to be happening at Richard's Billiards, including several live shows. And, of course, our good friends at Emo Night will be performing several shows happening in that particular month as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving Day, then head over to Richard's Billiards and come over and hang with us on this very special holiday month. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player from the main event talk podcast. And I approve this message. This is a conspiracy. You did this to set me up. And look, the more that you try and control me, the more I'm going to make your life a living hell. making this a fatal five-way match at Crown Jewel. And I see what you're doing, but the only thing that's gonna actually happen is you're gonna have four less women in my division by the end of it. Because none of these women are gonna take this championship from me, whether you like it or not, because at the end of the day, I will prove that I am the most dominant woman here in the WWE. You know why? Because mommy is always on top. She wants me to score. Well, Rock Cowan, the right hand has had enough. And things have broken down. And things not going the way the gentleman is Adam Pierce wanted it to. Well, it was a nice college drive from Pierce, but that was inevitable. And the security now in the ring trying to separate these women. Good luck with that. But just like Adam Pierce predicted, Rhea Ripley walked out here, Wade, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, the second Ripley walked out, the fuse was lit. And now things are about ready to explode. I don't know where they got these security guys, but Raquel just tossed two of them out of the ring. With ease. And now Nia Jax does the, the same. For Pierce, doubled security. Oh, oh Shayna with a knee. And now Zoe and Nia. And the brawl is underway, and this is what the chaos is going to look like a week from Saturday. 
in the fatal five-way for the women's championship. Four of the most dominant women in WWE duking it out, but the champ keeping her hands clean for now. And enjoying the chaos. Two of the most powerful women in WWE squaring off. And here we go, Jackson Rodriguez. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the punches. And finally, security in to separate for Rhea Ripley. She gets to laugh tonight. But a week from Saturday, there will be no laughing for the champion because no disqualifications, no countouts. The champ doesn't even have to be involved. With a decision, Nia and Raquel wiping out security guards, and they're going at it again. Security needs to give up. You've got no chance for these women. Samoa dropped by Nia Jax. The five-way match for the Women's World Championship. Um... Uh, this is definitely going to be uh, Rhea Ripley's toughest challenge to date at this point here. Now... Uh, when you look at the list of people that are involved in this, you'll get an idea. Nia Jax, a former Raw Women's Champion. Shayna Baszler, a former NXT Women's Champion and also a former WWE tag Women's Tag Team Champion. Uh, Zoe Stark um, has, uh, I believe she was a former NXT Tag Team Champion, Women's Tag Team Champion. If I'm not mistaken. And of course Raquel Rodriguez, uh NXT women's tag team champion and also a um WWE women's championship or women's tag team championship if I'm not mistaken. So Rhea Ripley is in there with some really good competitors. Now, I think we can all agree that uh I really don't see any of these women walking away with the championship and Rhea Ripley is you know, facing her toughest challenge. Now, she has faced off against Raquel Rodriguez before, so we know what it's like. Uh, Zoe Stark uh, has never really competed against Rhea Ripley, but it will be interesting to check this out. Uh, Shayna Baszler, as we know, uh, had lost the NXT Women's Championship to Rhea Ripley several years ago. And of course, Nia Jax, this will also be the first time that these two have competed. Now, I know that Rhea Ripley and Nia have went up against each other in the Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. So, <clears throat> there's a little bit of experience here. But now we've got a five-way match for the Women's World Championship. So, this is going to be interesting. I mean, Rhea Ripley has been on a tear as of late and has really have done a lot in WWE. Uh, despite that she hasn't really defended her championship that much, when you think about it. Uh, the NXT Women's Championship has def been defended a whole lot more than she has. EO Sky has defended her championship a little bit more. And, you know, Rhea Ripley has been, you know, I've often wondered, I mean, how often are we going to see Rhea Ripley in the ring? Not that often, you know? And... It's going to be very, very interesting to see how this five-way match starts. So I think we can all agree upon this. I don't see Raquel Rodriguez becoming champion, although that's something to think about in the near future. Uh, Zoe Starks has all the potential in the world, 
will not be the next women's champion, but has definitely some potential to look at in the near future. Shayna Baszler, honestly, I would love to see Rhea Ripley against Shayna Baszler one-on-one. I, I want to see that matchup so badly, and I've always feel like Shayna is probably the only person that can defeat Rhea Ripley. I, I, I feel it in my bones, but I only wish if WWE can see it that way from that perspective. Now, Nia Jax... A lot of people have been saying that Nia should be the one to beat her because she is a she is a monster heel in certain ways. And she is someone that can definitely take the Women's World Championship to greater heights. Now, some people have stated that she should become the champion and a lot of people feel that she should not. You know? And honestly, in my personal opinion... I don't want to see Nia Jax become champion, but unfortunately, I think that's something that they're going to go for. They're really going to go for that if it happens. I'm not saying it will, but if they do go for it, I mean, just imagine this. There are fans that do hate Nia Jax, but not hate as in, I hate her and I want her to lose her championship. I hate her as in, she sucks. We don't want to see her in WWE. That's how that fan base goes, you know? So what's my prediction? Obviously, obviously, I would rather go for Rhea Ripley to win the championship than have Nia Jax win it. But in some crazy way, I think, I think it will be interesting if WWE does pull the trigger and let Nia Jax become the new women's world champion. It will be very interesting to see that. But the main event is going to go with Rhea Ripley to retain her championship at WWE Crown Jewel. I, I just think it would be better just for her to be the champion. But if things start to crack in certain ways within the Judgment Day and Rhea Ripley does lose a championship, it'll be extremely interesting there too. I think the scenario I mean I want Rhea Ripley to win it but I think we need to see Nia take the title from her I know some people are going to hate that I would personally hate it too but I think we need to see that to see what will happen what sort of not just a reaction from the fans but what Rhea Ripley is going to actually do and what the judgment day will do to her if she loses her title it will be extremely interesting to see that at Crown Jewel I'd like to see that Last week, you took a steel chair, you wrapped it around my ankle, and you tried to take me out. You were unsuccessful. I got back up, because that's what my story is. The guy who gets knocked down and gets back up. What's your story? 6'6", 20-year pro? You got a briefcase that you are this close. Or within a whisper of immortality, yet you're not the leader of the Judgment Day? It's because you're a walk behind her. You walk behind Finn Balor. You walk behind Rhea Ripley. And you even walk behind Dominic Mysterio.
When you think it's somebody else, when you're like, oh, maybe, maybe it's not Cody Rhodes. You need to know something, Damian Priest. It's always me. I'm back on my path, and this Saturday at Crown Jewel, my path goes straight through you. Another interesting matchup for Crown Jewel is Cody Rhodes taking on Damian Priest of the Judgment Day. Now, um, we know Cody is, um, at this point in time, trying to go through his own little story. Uh, we don't know exactly where it's going to go. I mean, we, we know, obviously, where the pattern is going to lead to, obviously. We know he wants to go after Roman Reigns. We know he wants to go after the championship. And we obviously know it's going to take place at WrestleMania. But little little steps when we get there. Little steps when we, when we head to that point. But right now, he's taking on uh, Damian Priest at the Crown Jewel. Now, is this the first time that Cody Rhodes and uh, Damian Priest have faced off against each other? No, they have faced off against each other many times before. Um, whether it's a singles match or tag team match. Now, in this one, this is a whole lot of is a whole different story because now uh, Damian Priest and Cody Rhodes are doing this in front of a crowd, in uh, front of this on pay per view to be exact, uh, taking place over a crown jewel. This is a pretty big deal to say the very least, and it's a pretty big deal for both Cody and. And Damien Priest, for obvious reasons. Now, we know that Damien Priest has the Money in the Bank briefcase. And no doubt he'll probably use it on either the World Heavyweight Championship match or the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. You know, to see where all this runs out. But before any of that takes place, he's got to go through Cody Rhodes. Now, for Damian Priest, this is a big deal for him. And this is a tremendous year for Damian Priest to see in the position that he has been in, you know. Because of the fact that Damian Priest has had some great matches. He won Money in the Bank. He is uh, one half of the tag team champions. And Damian Priest is on a tremendous role. Now... When he decides to cash in, we don't know. We don't know if it'll happen at Crown Jewel. It may happen at Survivor Series or may happen somewhere along the lines of what will happen in 2023. So it's a long way to go. Now, for Cody, it's the same scenario. Um, he is climbing back to the mountaintop and he's trying to go through every single individual that has gotten in his way. He put away Brock Lesnar at, at uh, SummerSlam. And now he's trying to go through pretty much pretty much most of the members of the Judgment Day, when you think about it. He's probably already gone through all of them, when you, when you think about it. But this matchup between the two 
is important for both of their careers. Is it important for Cody to win? Is it important for Damian Priest to win? Um, when you look at it from this perspective, Cody obviously will be the winner. He'll obviously be the winner of the matchup. You, you see it coming, you know how it's going to go. Damian Priest, if he loses, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Because for, for, for Damian Priest, he's going to bounce back up and get right to where he needs to be. Because after all, he does hold the Money in the Bank briefcase in his hand. So in this match, I expect it to be somewhere longer than 10, 15 minutes. Will the Judgment Day play a major role in this matchup? Possibly. Will Damian Priest lose to Cody Rhodes? The answer is yes. Because of the fact that Cody has been pretty unstoppable within the past few months. I mean, even though despite his loss at WrestleMania and despite his loss with Brock Lesnar, we know that Cody Rhodes is not going to stop until he finishes the story and it will come a time where he will finish that story but it won't be just yet so at Crown Jewel this match between Damian Priest and Cody Rhodes it will not be the first time that these two have competed um, it will not be the first time these two have competed they have fallen off against each other before many times whether it's a singles match or tag team match, but this will be the first time that they've taken this over in Saudi Arabia. It will take place over at Crown Jewel. It'll be a huge deal for both men. So at Crown Jewel, Cody Rhodes is going to run through Damian Priest. And whether the Judgment Day is there or not, Cody Rhodes is going to overcome Damian Priest, and Cody Rhodes will find a way to overcome the Judgment Day. And there's going to be a point and there's going to be a time very soon that once he's done with Damian Priest and once he's done with the Judgment Day, he will find a way to continue to finish the story. I get it, man. The last couple of years, they really messed with your head, haven't they? You gotten a lot of big opportunities, a lot of big matches, and just when you needed success, you've had a lot of big failures. And you're so freaked out by failing again, you've enlisted a little side help with the Judgment Day. Is that how it's gonna be? Let me tell you something, that's not gonna work out for you how you think it is. Dealing with the Judgment Day is a slippery slope you don't want to go down. You sound a little rattled, champ. And you should be. I remember the last time we had a world title match and I beat your ass. I don't need anyone to fight my battles. I don't need the Judgment Day and all those matches you're talking about, the big matches I lost. If you did your tape study, you'll see the outside interference, the mist to the eyes, the low blows, the bloodline. Oh my God, will you shut up about the bloodline already? For God's sake, man, you've got to move on. The bloodline have clearly moved on from you. Let me put this to you plainly, and I mean it with all due respect, Drew. Get over it. And when I achieved that dream in the main event of WrestleMania, when I beat Brock Lesnar in five minutes, there was nobody there. 
It wasn't just a tough time for the company. We're in a worldwide pandemic and we needed someone to step up. And Drew McIntyre stepped up. Missed moment after missed moment. By the time everybody was back, the moment had passed. But I captured lightning in a bottle a second time. In the UK, one-on-one -on -one with Roman Reigns, over 50,000 people where it all began. And who screwed me over? The bloodlines. I'm sorry if I'm not getting it over so quick. I'm not over it so quick. But we've got third time, the third time lightning is in a bottle. You, and you need to think long and hard how you're going to reinvent yourself for the 53rd time when I beat you and take that title from you, Crown Jewel. You're pointing fingers, you're making excuses, and I promise you that's not gonna get you where you wanna go. I am gonna beat you at Crown Jewel, and I promise you it will be the best thing that ever happened to you. Because for the first time in a long time, you will have no one to blame but yourself. So now we're in the position of the World Heavyweight Championship. Drew McIntyre taking on Seth Rollins for the championship. Now, we've heard of both stories. We both have heard about how everything went down. And in this scenario between the two, when you look at things uh, between the two men, Seth Rollins, who has been uh, the world champion for the past few months, ever since Night uh, uh, of Champions, has defended his championship against anyone and anything that comes in his path. Uh, we have been, let's see, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Uh, we are in five months. Five months since he's been champion. And... Um, it's been incredible for Seth Rollins, to say the very least. <sighs> Drew McIntyre, we know that he is, um, has had his ups and downs. He went through a physical battle with uh, Gunther at SummerSlam. And then um, after that, we've been getting this whole little tease about Drew McIntyre turning heel. Now, I feel like... I don't care if Drew McIntyre turns heel or babyface. I think Drew is still one of the best athletes going today. And sometimes I've always felt that if Drew were to have been champion at WrestleMania, I believe it was 37 when we had the, uh, uh, the audience back, I think it would have been nice for Bobby Lashley to have lost the championship, the WWE championship to Drew McIntyre, and Drew would have gotten gotten exactly what he wanted. I always felt that way at the time. So now, Drew McIntyre, who is, uh, well, let's say he's blaming his problems on everyone else and blaming the whole thing on the bloodline and all that. You can understand his situation. While Seth Rollins, on the other hand, is just telling him to move on and quit thinking about it and just, you know, accept what it is and continue. Now, Seth has been championed for several months now, and I always felt that his championship reign should have ended at the hands of Shinsuke Nakamura. And the reason why I say that is, 
I, I, I feel like we needed a different contender. I think we, we feel like we should have had a different contender with Nakamura because I felt he should be the one to be the champion and not Seth Rollins. So now we're in this position where now at Crown Jewel we have Drew McIntyre taking on Seth Rollins. Now, have these two faced off against each other before? Absolutely. Not just previously, uh, but <coughs> I believe when Drew McIntyre, and he, he had mentioned it, in his first title defense, uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Seth Rollins, and I believe it took place at the Backlash pay-per-view, WrestleMania backlash, if I'm not mistaken. And now um, Drew McIntyre is looking to face off against Seth Rollins, but this time Rollins is the world champion. Now, in some people's predictions, some people have been saying that I think it's time for Seth Rollins to lose the World Heavyweight Championship and give it to Drew McIntyre. Now, let's call a few scenarios here and let's go to the outside of the box or backstage, if you will. We know that Drew McIntyre is still... His contract with WWE is going to expire around April, which will be right after WrestleMania 40. So, will this be the scenario? If Drew McIntyre were to win the World Heavyweight Championship against Seth Rollins... Will this mean that he'll renew with the company? Or will he still deny an opportunity uh, to re-sign with the WWE and just continue moving forward? You know, personally, I, I don't want to see Drew McIntyre end up in a different company. If anything, if anything, I really want to see Drew McIntyre Stay in WWE because I, I think he still has a lot to offer. I think he still does. He's a main event contender. Uh, he, he is definitely the right man to take on someone like a Seth Rollins or a Roman Reigns um, in that scenario. So, for me, I think Seth Rollins retaining the championship would be good. It would be nice. But I think much like Nakamura, I, I think we need to see Drew become the champion. I think we need to see him beat Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel. Now, if some people agree with it, okay. If some people don't, okay, I can see why. But I think, I think we need to see Drew McIntyre become the world heavyweight champion. He's been the WWE champion twice, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it would be best for for business to see Drew in a position to where he holds on to the title. Where he well, Drew, well, Drew well, I'm sorry. If Drew McIntyre will be in a scenario to win the championship, his first world title, not his first WWE world title. This will be his first world heavyweight championship, and it'll be good for him. Now. Keep in mind, keep the scenario open to this part. Even though the main event is predicting that Drew McIntyre should be the champion and Seth Rollins should not. Regardless of how this is going to work, there is still the Damian Priest factor. Now, we talked about Damian Priest earlier. He has the Money in the Bank briefcase. So he could play a major role in this championship match or not. 
We don't know. We don't know if he's going to cash in on this matchup or if he's going to cash in on the next matchup that we will talk about later on. So for the prediction here, Drew McIntyre will be my pick to win. Seth Rollins winning, I I don't see a problem with that. But I think Drew McIntyre does need to win and does need to become the world heavyweight champion. Now, the only question that I see that happens in this whole scenario will be this. Will Damian Priest come out and cash in at the end of the night if either Drew or Seth Rollins walks away with the World Heavyweight Championship. And I am a fan of Drew McIntyre, so I'm going to say this as respectfully as I can after hearing what Drew had to say just a few minutes ago. Boo freaking who? Boo-hoo, cry me a river, you big Scottish baby. Nah, you want to flash back to 2020, right? All of us were suffering in some way, all right? All of us were fighting our battles in some way, all right? There were people out there who had it a lot worse off than you did, okay? They didn't know when they were going to get their next paycheck. They didn't know when they were going to get their next batch of groceries. They didn't know if they were ever going to see their loved ones again. Some of them didn't get to. So excuse me for not feeling sorry for you that you didn't get to win the WWE Championship the way you dreamt it. And you want to go blame everything after that on the bloodline, all your failures, all your shortcomings? Well, I say again, cry me a river, get in line. Get in line with guys like Sami Zayn. Get in line. I don't like them with guys like Cody Rhodes. You don't hear those guys asking for any pity now, do you, Mr. McIntyre? But I will say this, Drew. You were a hell of a champion. And this Saturday at Crown Jewel, if you can take this title from me, if you can pry it from my waist, I will be the first man there to shake your hand and call you champ, just like I did back in 2020. But I ain't the same guy you beat back then, man. The Messiah's long gone. I am no longer the architect. There is a reason these people sing my song. Okay, guys, we've covered everything that we need to cover as far as WWE Crown Jewel goes. We've talked about the Countdown Show. We've talked about the Women's World Championship, the WWE Women's Championship, the United States Championship, and, of course, the World Heavyweight Championship, plus several singles matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel. But we're down to one more match, and it's all about 
the undisputed WWE Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and LA Knight. Now, we're going to get to that, but when the main event returns after this song, we're going to get into it. And there's a special little interview that took place earlier today with Kayla Braxton and LA Knight. You'll hear that right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Yeah. 
If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the Main Event Talk Podcast. Okay, so we're about to get in this whole situation that happened. We talked about all the matches that have happened, and now we're about to get into the main event. I believe this will be the main event for Crown Jewel as the undisputed. WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns defends his championship against the number one contender, L.A. Knight. Now, before we talk about that, before I give you my thoughts on that one, let's take a look at everything that's been going down between L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns. Now, this all started with John Cena, right? And we know about John Cena and L.A. Knight as they teamed up with the Bloodline to take him on at Fastlane, which John Cena and LA Knight were victorious. The following night, or the following week after that, John Cena was confronted by Roman Reigns, who made his long-awaited return. And then John Cena had pretty much told Roman Reigns that he wasn't going to challenge him for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But he had someone in mind that would. I am not here to challenge you tonight because I haven't earned it. But I do know someone who has. Let me talk to you. 
pissing your pants yet? You're Roman, right? You're the head of the table, right? Yeah. You're the tribal chief, right? Yeah. You're a defending champion, right? No, no. I'll tell you what you are. Right now, you're a man standing in my way. Oh, oh my God, I'm sorry, man. How rude of me. I didn't even introduce myself. Because, you know, while you've been sitting at home on the couch for the last month and a half, and you wear that gold title around your waist, things have changed just a little bit. So I'll tell you what, Tulsa, tell them whose game this is. I gave you a couple months and they say your name now. <laughs> but let's be honest here. Over 1,100 days as champ, I've done things that you would never imagine in this business. What makes you think you could ever stand in the ring with me? Honest, I mean, who the hell you think you are standing in my ring right now? like that's a good way to get yourself referred to in the past tense. So I'll put it to you like this. Who am I to be in this ring with you? I'm the fastest rising star in SmackDown history. I'm the man who's walked right in here and pulled the
Uh, for those of y'all that don't speak moron, he just said me and him tonight. So I tell you what, you want to come on down here and get stomped out? Yeah. Then yeah. come on down because I'll turn your ass upside down and use you as a muck. And that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Yeah. yeah. Let's make this match official. <laughs> LA Knight wants to prove himself to Roman Reigns. He can do that tonight. So Roman Reigns got his first opportunity to meet the man that everyone's been talking about. Now, I don't have to tell you the history of Roman Reigns and how long he's been champion, but he has held the championship for longer than 1,100, and I believe we're at 41 days, if I'm not mistaken. I think we're a little, well, I think we're a little bit more than that, but we'll have to check in. LA Knight has been around the WWE for the past few months. He's had several feuds, he's had several changes, but he has become a huge megastar in the eyes of the WWE. He's had some great matches, like he won the Battle Royal at SummerSlam, he had a great match with John Cena, he had a great match with The Miz. Now he has an opportunity to go after the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, as he takes him on at Crown Jewel. Now, this confrontation is not over. You see, right after L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns met for the first time, L.A. Knight had a match with Solo Sokoa. And Solo looked like he was about to take out L.A. Knight until a little interference from Jimmy Uso got involved. John Cena came in for the save. L.A. Knight took over Solo and put him down. The match was over and L.A. Knight wins. But then he gets a spear at the hands of Roman Reigns. Pretty much laying a mark on Roman Reigns in every way possible. But it doesn't end there. Despite the fact that Roman Reigns may have one up on L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight was not done, and he was not done by a long shot. The following week after that, L.A. Knight had a chance to confront the wise man, the um, special counsel to the tribal chief in Paul Heyman. And this was a confrontation I was looking forward to checking out. Have you heard the other news? I'm not the first one to break this news. I wish I had this exclusive, but I don't. The Los Angeles Times actually broke this story just a few hours ago. And from what my sources tell me, it's the number one most read article in the LA Times today. Your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, will defend the undisputed title on November 4th at Crown Jewel. And his opponent is going to be L.A. Knight. This is hard for you to believe, but I am just like every single one of you. Well, okay, you're from Texas, and I'm from New York, and I dress better than you, and I make a hell of a lot more 
money than you do, but, but there is commonality, and that commonality is the fact that we are all fans of L.A. Knight. I'm not taking anything away from L.A. Knight. I'm a huge, huge admirer. I told him that the first time I met him and shook his hand. I'm a huge admirer of L.A. Knight. As a matter of fact, if you're a fan like I am of L.A. Knight, you must don't do that while I'm talking. Watch Crown Jewel on November 4th. Because it's the last damn time you're ever going to see L.A. Knight inside the ring. Because on November 4th at Crown Jewel, L.A. Knight yeah, is going to get smashed by the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, the head of the table, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. because all you've been doing out here is making a whole lot of damn noise. I'm not out here to talk to you. As far as I'm concerned, you can take a walk. I need Roman Reigns' ass out here now. Where are you going? Get back in here now. I don't care what you think I said. I said get back in here. Now, if your boy ain't gonna come down here, it just gets me wondering. It just gets me in my head. Where's your lip at now, Paul? Because before I walked out here, I heard a bunch of idle threats. I heard you saying what Roman Reigns is gonna do to me, right? So why don't you go ahead and tell me right here, right now, what is Roman Reigns gonna do to me? Listen, shut up. You set one foot outside that ring, I'll hit you so hard, I'll knock that hair back to gray. Get your ass back in here.
Word on the streets is you said that spear last week was a warning shot, right? 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 I think they said, yeah. So I got to ask you, do you think that was the right move? Yeah, me neither. And I'll tell you why. Warning shots, I don't do warning shots. You're gonna take a shot at me, you better put me down for good. I'll pull Michael Myers on you. I'll just keep coming back. I won't stop, I can't stop. And as a matter of fact, I will not stop until I own Roman Reigns in this ring and until I own the WWE Universal Undisputed Championship. Yeah. So look, I tell you like this, if Roman's scared, just say he's scared. He should be, because he ain't ever seen anybody like me before. As fast as I've risen in the WWE, he's as fast as I will take that WWE title off him, just like this. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, you hate that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. How's it go? Yeah. You're pathetic. Shut up. Here's how we're going to do this. That contract signing next week between Roman Reigns and I is going to take place right here. And, uh, well, I tell you what. If Roman isn't going to be here now and you're going to be on the phone with him to talk about that contract signing then make sure that when you talk to him you make it completely absolutely 100 percent clear whose game this is and when he looks at you with a befuddled look and he's just a little bit confused and lost for words, make sure you speak the undisputed truth that is L.A. Knight. Yeah. Well, as of today, Roman Reigns has been champion for 1,147 days and counting, but could that be coming to an end two weeks from tomorrow? The electricity in this building is out of this world. As LA Knight barrels towards Crown Jewel. Two weeks from tomorrow. And an opportunity at the head of the table to become undisputed champion in WWE. So LA Knight had to say his piece right in front of Paul Heyman. And it was truly one of the best exchanges that I've ever seen. One minute you're having Paul Heyman talking big about... Roman Reigns, and then talking nice about L.A. Knight, and then making it clear about what's about to happen at Crown Jewel, and then L.A. Knight comes in to confront Paul Heyman to give his two cents in about what he's going to do to the head of the table at Crown Jewel, but before it takes place, we get to the contract signing. The contract signing between L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns. Now, to say the very least that this is probably one of the most interesting contract signings I've ever seen. Because at the beginning of the show, Roman Reigns comes out. Now, I didn't see this, but I would have loved to have seen it when I had the opportunity. 
when I saw Roman Reigns come out to his theme song and everything else like that, and we all know how it goes. He comes out to this very long theme song. He comes walking to the ring with Paul Heyman. He's right in the middle of the ring carrying, well, he's actually carrying one championship right now, but he's carrying the undisputed championship over his head and the fireworks go off. It's literally like maybe five to six minutes that his entrance is, just like that. But in the contract signing, it was much different because while Roman Reigns was trying to come out and get ready for the contract signing, all of a sudden, the mind games began when L.A. Knight decided to disrupt the flow of traffic. to sign this deal and sign that title away. Yeah. yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to SmackDown Live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, gentlemen, we all know why we're here. To sign the contract and make official for Crown Jewel your match for the WWE undisputed universal heavyweight championship now you or your representatives have looked over we all know why we're here we know what we're doing so let me talk to you what we're doing right now is we're looking at a contract and in this very contract it reads that roman reigns is going to hand over the wwe championship to la Knight. yeah so why don't I go ahead and sign that right now? There you go, big boy. How about it, Chief? 
Hey, idiot. No, no, I'm not talking to you, Milwaukee. I'm talking to you. This is crazy. You must be stupid. Huh? You're just going to sign away. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had a contract signing? I got one more question. Have you ever had a championship match before? I didn't think so. So that means you got no clue what you're doing right now. <laughs> but don't you worry. Your tribal chief, I'm going to go easy on you. We're going to make it real nice for your first time. Don't worry. We're going to go real gentle with you. All right? All right, sweetheart? concludes my responsibilities this evening. I want to wish you both the very best of luck at Crown Jewel. Hey, Roman. Uh, as far as where I'm looking, I'm the head of the table, so acknowledge me. You want to talk about my first contract signing. You want to talk about my first WWE Championship match. And you're right. Isn't that crazy? And you also say you're going to go gentle on me. My God, that's sweet of you. And I hope you do. Because if right now you think that you're going to underestimate this man because it's my first time around, my friend, you are already beat. But I'm going to put it to you like this. Is this my first time? Hell yeah, it is. So I'm sitting here, and I'm just thinking to myself, after only a single year, I'm sitting at the head of this table, about to take your title. And it climbs so fast, you don't even know what hits you. And by the time we get to Crown Jewel, you're going to be thinking to yourself, what the hell just happened? He just walked out with my WWE Championship. But see, you don't understand. Yeah, this is my first time, but I only need one time. 
because while you failed over and over again, while you were busy doing suffering succotash, I've been out here run one, telling everybody whose game this is, not yet. Because there can be only one WWE Champion. Yeah, there can only be one me. Yeah, and guess what? It's coming up real soon, and there's nothing you can do about it, and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. I can't stop this gravy train. I can't stop the undeniable Kavorka, and I can't stop being the man they call the megastar with everybody saying, and a not. heard enough. The tribal team bringing the fight to LA Knight. Oh, LA Knight pushed Roman Reigns too far, and now Roman Reigns is gonna make it pay. He's on hinge, Roman Reigns. You don't get to disrespect the tribal chief and survive to tell the tale. starting to kick in for L.A. Knight. I don't believe his first championship opportunity is going to be a pleasant experience for him. Roman Reigns is going to try to make sure that L.A. Knight doesn't make it to Crown Jewel. The sold-out crowd here in Milwaukee telling Roman Reigns he sucks. Well, unfortunately for LA Knight, this sold-out crowd can't do anything about what Roman's doing right now or what the Tribal Chief has in mind for the megastar. To make an example of LA Knight. and rights dropping the tribal chief in the corner this man is all heart and as long as the heart's beating LA Knight's got a chance Roman Reigns getting an idea of what's gonna come his way a week from tomorrow wait a minute Jimmy Uso coming to the aid of the tribal chief Roman Reigns. And it allows the champion to retreat. Oof. You good, Oof? You good? Get here! Jimmy, get here! Get here! Roman issued the order. The wise man seconded it. Now this all leads us to right here, right now. Um, so the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship is rarely defended at all. The last title defense that Roman Reigns had took place over at SummerSlam. 
and he defended it against Jey Uso, and we know the results of how that went down. So, I believe we are at somewhere along the lines of 1,100 and, I believe, 60 days, if not more, that Roman Reigns has held on to the championship. So now he has an opportunity to defend his championship against L.A. Knight and Crown Jewel. <clears throat> now, to kind of give you some background history, I mean, you know, I everybody knows about Roman Reigns' credentials. We know about the championship he's won. We know about the bloodline. We know about what, what's involved with him and everything else like that. We know about that. Now, not a whole lot of people know about who L.A. Knight is. Now, for me, I have followed... Uh, L.A. Knight's career for a very long time. As a matter of fact, about, uh, I believe it was 10 years ago, I was watching a show called Impact Wrestling. And at the time, I remember there being three, three superstars who would enter into Impact Wrestling. One of them was Drew McIntyre at the time. And... Next to Drew McIntyre, I forgot who the, uh, who the other person was, but I remember one of them was Eli Drake. And Eli Drake had moved on to become a better star. When I first started seeing Eli Drake, he cut some of the best promos that I have ever heard in my life. And I remember having one of those promos, uh, I think it was, uh, I had it on, on my old Facebook account, my old Instagram, where he was talking about um, about a woman, right? He was talking about how uh, most women would want a guy like me, but you want a guy to come out and pay for your rent, pay for your bills and all that, which was an interesting promo. It was something along the lines of there, you'll find that out and everything. And then ever since then, um, LA Knight started becoming a better promo, a better star, and he was pretty much, I believe he was their Impact World Champion, if I'm not mistaken. Or their Global Force Global Force Wrestling Champion at the time. So, Eli Drake was already becoming a huge star around that time. And then all of a sudden, I would see him again in the NWA back in 2019. And he would become this mega star, if you will, that would run roughshod in uh, the NWA. And I always felt, in my mind, that Eli Drake should have been a man to be the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. It's funny, when I was watching the contract signing take place, when I see Nick Aldis and L.A. Knight in the same ring with Roman Reigns, that was a very, very strange thing to look at because when I looked at Nick Aldis at the time, back in 2019, in the NWA... He was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion while Eli Drake was... Well, at, at that time, he was going to become a tag team champion, but he has his eyes set on the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And I've always felt L.A. Knight, or I'm sorry, Eli Drake at the time should have been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. But my how things have changed from 2019 to 2000, 2023, where... I looked at Nick Aldis as a star, and and don't get me wrong, I looked at Eli Drake as a star too. Uh, as a star too, but I never imagined that Eli Drake would be a bigger star than Nick Aldis. All due respect, all due respect in many ways possible. So, 
you fast forward, uh, he was in NXT, and he would become the the man that we know now as L.A. Knight. And I knew exactly what he was going to do in NXT. Once again, just like the NWA Championship, I wanted to see L.A. Knight become NXT Champion. Because someone of his caliber who... He, he brings the old school to NXT. And I say old school because... While most of these athletes that you see bring a lot of high-flying and bring a lot of amazing maneuvers in the ring, which is fine, most wrestling fans like to see... Most wrestling fans like to see a wrestler become a wrestler instead of some type of a high-flyer. And LA Knight brings in the old school... He comes in talking trash and and cuts these amazing promos that get you, you know, standing up on your feet and everything. And he's amazing. He is extremely amazing. And L.A. Knight did all these things over in uh, NXT. I wish that L.A. Knight would have been a bigger star. I mean, he was a bigger star in um, NXT, but I've always felt he should have been world champion and, and not the likes of Braun Breaker or uh, uh, who is it, Carmelo Hayes. And not that they don't deserve the championship. I just feel that L.A. Knight has something more than what the other two bring to the table. The other two are the future, and L.A. Knight, he's the future himself, but he's the now, as how I see things. So then, of course, I mean, and, and we got to bring this up because, unfortunately, this was the part where things that kind of went down for L.A. Knight because right as he went to the main roster, he came out as Max Dupree. And I'm not going to I'm not going to put that Dupree involved because that's stupid. Um, it was one of those changes that happened with Vince McMahon. And I think Vince McMahon had this ridiculous vision where he looked at um, L.A. Knight and really didn't see him as L.A. Knight. He saw him as Max Dupree. Now, when you think about this extremely close, and let's let's call it like we see it. I know some people probably won't believe me when I tell you this, but let's look at L.A. Knight for a moment. L.A. Knight is the one wrestling star that has done that no other superstar has done. Now, I'm not talking about the promos. I'm not talking about the, his demeanor and everything else like that. But let's look at the combination of what L.A. Knight brings to the table that Vince McMahon doesn't like. Now, think about this for a moment. I talk about the old school. L.A. Knight brings in the attitude of a Stone Cold Steve Austin and the swagger and the talk of The Rock. When you put those two superstars, the two biggest superstars in the Attitude Era, and you combine it, you have L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is the only star that I see that actually knows how to combinate the two and make it his own. Now, I know some people will go ahead and say, well, he's just a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin wannabe. He's a rock wannabe. How many superstars do you know can combine those two together? Can The Miz do that? No, because he can't talk like The Rock. He's not believable enough. Can, um, let me bring up another, can, can um, I mean, there, there are many stars to think about that have never really, you know, what I'm basically saying is there there isn't a star out there that could combine the two stars and form into one. 
Nobody can do that. If there was a star that combines, say, The Undertaker and Kane into one, you have yourself one monstrous opponent. Or if you have a star that can come out doing something like Hogan and Macho Man and combine it into one, that would be interesting. Or say, Ric Flair and Sting combined it into one. The, the idea is that it's not often that there is a superstar that combines two stars that we know quite well and make it into one to the point where he becomes his own star. True, he does copy a Stone Cold, and true, he does copy a Rock, but he makes it his own in his own way. Instead of saying what, he's saying, yeah. Instead of saying, if you smell what the Rock is cooking, he's saying, let me talk to you. That's the thing. You can copy any of the things that these stars have done, but you can make it your own in that same pattern. That's what L.A. Knight brings to the table. Now, from the moment when Max Dupree came along, it was such a different time. It was, you know, Vincent Mann never envisioned him as L.A. Knight. He envisioned him as Max Dupree. Reasoning, and I know this is not true, but I'm basically giving him my conspiracy theory. I think the reason that L.A. Knight become Max Dupree is because he's basically, and think about this for a moment, he's shaping L.A. Knight into something that he's not. Think about 1998, think about the time when Stone Cold Steve Austin became the WWE champion and Vince McMahon tried to reshape Stone Cold Steve Austin. Remember remember that whole thing with the suit? And remember the whole thing with the camera? And then remember where he took a picture and then and told him to, you know, uh, put the film, get the film developed because this is the absolute last time you'll ever see Stone Cold Steve Austin, blah, 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 takes his suit off and everything and basically punches out Vince McMahon or, or actually hits him in the nuts, if I remember that. That is what has happened to L.A. Knight. Now, I know that some people think, well, that's, that's untrue. I mean, that's not, that's not how it possibly is. Just think about it for a moment. The last, thing that, the last thing that Vince McMahon wants is another Stone Cold Steve Austin running his show again. And even though L.A. Knight is not Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's the closest you have to a Stone Cold, the closest you have to The Rock that can come in. That's why I don't think Vincent Mann has ever paid attention to L.A. Knight or Eli Drake. But I bet you anything, if he's seen some of the promos that he's cut, I guarantee you he'll probably think, Oh my God, it's Austin! So, <coughs> it took one year. It took, well actually it took a few months to be exact. When L.A. Knight came in, it came in as Max Dupree, all of a sudden, a lot of things were changing in the WWE back in 2022. A lot of things were changing. Vincent Mann was no longer in control, and Triple H was running in, and he pretty much changed things from having the whole Maximum Male model gimmick to being L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight became huger than ever with the fan base. And the fan base would get behind him, even though L.A. Knight tried to be a heel. And he did try to be a heel. So in 2023, L.A. Knight would go through a lot of stuff in his life, going through the whole thing with Bray Wyatt, and we, we know how that went down and everything. 
uh, going through the whole thing with missing WrestleMania, which I think it would have been awesome if L.A. Knight were to show up at WrestleMania. He would have had something extremely special. The fan base was getting behind L.A. Knight all the way because of the fact that he is a wrestler. Now, L.A. Knight is very entertaining, and he can talk, and he can do all these things like no other person has ever done, right? And the fans want to get behind him, and it's one of those situations where, remember when Stone Cold still wanted to be a bad guy, but the fans were still cheering him because of who he was? That's exactly what took place with L.A. Knight. So Stone Cold understood to accept what they're giving him and become the anti-hero. This is what's happening with L.A. Knight. The fans are getting behind him. The fans want to see him succeed. The fans want to chant, yeah. The fans want to get behind L.A. Knight all the way. And ever since then, I would say since Money in the Bank, and I think that was the peak of it, since Money in the Bank, L.A. Knight has become pretty much a megastar. The fans are behind him all the way. LA Knight has had some tremendous matches. He's been showing off on pay-per-views. People are in high demand of him on SmackDown, and people are definitely in high demand of him when it comes to pay-per-views. Now, I feel that one day he will be champion. I don't know if he'll be the WWE champion, but I do see a world heavyweight title in his future in 2024 if things go the way I think it'll go. But we're jumping ahead of ourselves right now. We are. Now, L.A. Knight, who was pretty much endorsed by John Cena, has placed L.A. Knight in a position to be in the position where Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, and others in that particular nature are at, at that particular level. And he has deserved to be in that level for a very, very long time. Now, in this matchup with Roman Reigns, there is a big difference between what Roman Reigns has done and what L.A. Knight has done. Now, for Roman Reigns, we know he was part of the Shield. We know how many championship runs he's had. He's won the WWE Championship, Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship, the whole nine yards. And he's got Paul Heyman by his his side, alongside with the bloodline of Solo Sokoa. Now, L.A. Knight, he has been around just a little bit longer than Roman Reigns. He has, you know, worked the independent scene for a long time. He was in Impact Wrestling for a long time. He's won several championships there. He's won, uh, I believe, I believe he won the Tag Team Championship in the NWA. And he was one of the hottest commodities in all of pro wrestling. And now he's a part of WWE where... He was trying to get in as L.A. Knight. They changed him as Max Dupree, and then he came back as L.A. Knight because the fans demanded it. Now, he's in a position where now he has been a part of several pay-per-views now. This is his biggest one to date. And I remember, and I think it was a press conference from, I believe it was either Knight of Champions or um, it was somewhere, um, I'm not sure where, but the fans had demanded, especially over in Saudi Arabia, the fans have demanded L.A. Knight to be a part of this event. And now this will be the opportunity for Saudi Arabia to get a chance to look at the megastar with everybody saying that L.A. Knight. Yeah. So now 
where are we at as far as this championship match goes? <clears throat> now, clearly, you have two very experienced individuals. The biggest difference of them all is, even though LA Knight has a lot more experience and you know, look at the credentials and look how many years he's been around as opposed to Roman Reigns, who's only been in the business for, um, what, 13? Uh, I know that L.A. Knight, um, Eli Drake has been around for 20 years, business-wise and everything, but Roman Reigns has been around for, I think, what, 15, 16 years now in the WWE, right? So, <coughs> the experience definitely lies with L.A. Knight in this one. But when it comes to experienced big-time matches, Roman Reigns has all the experience in the world. Now, unfortunately, I think we all know how this scenario is going to go. We, we all know it. We all see it. We all know how this is going to go. But there's been a lot of rumors and speculations about where Roman Reigns is headed at this point. We've heard the stories of uh, Roman Reigns not appearing at Survivor Series which would be absolutely ridiculous if he didn't show up. But, you know, is it involving some nagging injuries? Does he need some time off away from um, the WWE uh, undisp- uh, from the WWE universe and everything else like that? You know, Roman Reigns to me, he, he is definitely the best champion, but he's definitely not the working champion like Seth Rollins is. I mean, we all know that. Now... Whether LA now whether LA Knight becomes a champ let let's say for the sake of argument that LA Knight does become the undisputed WWE championship does become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion it would be interesting to see how that will concur and how this will get over as a fan base because you have to keep in mind the WWE still wants Roman to still be the WWE champion moving forward to WrestleMania because obviously everybody wants to see Roman Reigns taking on Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 40 because that's the match that they all want to see. Now, there have been rumors and speculations about Roman Reigns taking on The Rock, which quite honestly, and I'll say this because it's true, it's 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 a dead horse already, all right? I don't want to hear about Roman versus The Rock because I honestly, I don't think... While it looks good on paper, honestly, while it's good on paper, I would rather have that match between Roman Reigns and The Rock take place at a Crown Jewel event or at a, a Super Showdown event than at WrestleMania. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, obviously a lot of people really don't want to see Roman versus The Rock because if it would have been done at WrestleMania this year, then it would have made a whole lot of sense. But one of those situations that I talked about was Roman beating The Rock, which would be good for Roman. But The Rock, I don't think he wants that. And I don't think he wants to lose to Roman Reigns and end up, you know, like what happened with John Cena. And and if you get my drift. Now, in this case now, I don't think anybody wants to see Roman against The Rock. That's out the window. Now, once again, I'm ahead of myself at this point as far as where we're going with this whole thing with Roman Reigns, but if L.A. Knight were to beat Roman Reigns, this would be damn well good for his career because he is a mega star. 
He is one of the biggest stars in WWE right now. One of the fastest rising stars in WWE ever since he made his appearance in the main roster. Now, if LA Knight becomes a champion, then this kind of puts the whole story with uh, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns being put on hold. And if they were to have a match at WrestleMania, it would still be good. But it won't have that that atmosphere that people are looking for. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, if LA Knight wins a championship and Roman Reigns, say he retains it in another couple of months, and he still goes to WrestleMania for the championship, and then say Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble, moves on to WrestleMania, and then faces off against Roman Reigns, it'll be the rematch. It'll be big time, but it won't be as, as big or as hype as anyone would expect it to be. Because Roman Reigns was already beaten for that championship. That's the bottom line. Now, in this scenario, Roman beating LA Knight, retaining his championship, the hype will still be going for Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And say we go through that same scenario and Roman Reigns is still undefeated and no one has beaten him for the championship and he goes on to WrestleMania and then Cody Rhodes were to win the uh, the Royal Rumble and move on and get his rematch against Roman Reigns, then the hype is huge. Then the fans will be psyched. Philadelphia will be ready. Everybody will be ready to see Roman Reigns take on Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, and he will be the one to end the Tribal Chiefs' reign. That is what will happen at WrestleMania. Now, as far as Crown Jewel goes, if LA Knight pulls it off, it would be great. But I think we already know we already know how all this is going to end. Now, I think in this match, it will probably last about maybe a good 10, 15 minutes, if not 20 minutes, between Roman Reigns and LA Knight. Look for some interference to take place with the bloodline. John Cena will probably make an appearance to make sure that things go the way they need to go and everything. But one thing's for certain, as much as I want and as much as the world wants to see LA Knight become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, I think we all know how this is going to end. It's going to end with Roman Reigns defeating LA Knight. And it's going to end with Roman Reigns still retaining the WWE undisputed universal championship so <clears throat> will this hurt LA Knight probably not uh, you know because it's one of those scenarios where you know you look at you look at where Jimmy Uso you look at where Jay Uso's at right now uh, you look at where uh, Sami Zayn is at right now you look at where all these other stars that Roman Reigns has taken on They've all taken different patterns right after Roman Reigns, right? And for LA Knight, I don't see him winning the championship. I do, however, and I'm visioning this in the future, and I'm thinking about this way ahead, so follow along with me with this if you can. Say if LA Knight were to win the Royal Rumble, and say LA Knight were to go after the undisputed, or I'm sorry, go after the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins. I would like to see LA Knight take on Seth Rollins and beat him for the World 
Heavyweight Championship, and LA Knight will have achieved a world title, and the fans would definitely like that idea. Don't get me wrong, I'd like to see him become United States Champion or a Continental Champion in his career. It would be great. It would be fantastic. But I think a lot of fans would like to see LA Knight on top in any way possible. So, unfortunately... Hmm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I was hearing a little bit of noise in the, around the room here. What the hell was that? <laughs> well, not not the noise in the background, but something in here. But anyways, um, to end the prediction right here. Obviously, we know Roman Reigns is going to win it. He's going to make L.A. Knight look good in the ring. He's going to make L.A. Knight look like a star right there. Saudi Arabia is going to be behind L.A. Knight all the way. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to like Roman Reigns at this point in time. Even though you're going to see stars all around, you're going to see the Saudi Arabia crowd go go nuts for L.A. Knight when he shows up. So the prediction, unfortunately, it's going to end up Roman Reigns walking away with the Undisputed Championship. I wish the finish was a bit different. I wish it was LA Knight beating Roman Reigns, but not taking the WWE Championship. I'd like that a little bit better than for Roman Reigns to just have another victim in his disposal, you know? (coughs) Something needs to change. Something needs to happen. But we will see how all that takes place tomorrow night at WWE Crown Jewel as it happens live Saturday, November 4th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be awesome to check out. I cannot wait to see what happens. Roman Reigns versus LA Knight for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at Crown Jewel. What will happen this Saturday?
What's going on, guys? Roman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. October is officially over, and November is coming, which means Thanksgiving is on the way, and I know that a lot of you are going to be spending time with your loved ones, your friends, and family around that particular point in time. Now, I'm sure you're going to be stuffed with turkey and the cranberry sauce and the whole nine yards, but if you want to go somewhere to go check out your favorite uh, Dallas Cowboy game or check out any football game of that particular nature, Rich's Billiards is definitely going to be the place to go. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, will they be open on Thanksgiving Eve? I believe it depends on the time frame, but they will definitely be open around that time. They will be open on Thanksgiving Eve, and they will be open on Black Friday as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on that particular holiday weekend, bring your friends, bring your family over, and come over to Rich's Billiards at 5815 Weber here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Check out their beer specials, check out all their shots, and even... You know, if you're not stuffed with uh, turkey in any way possible, you can even check out the food over at Pinkies, just inside Rich's Billiards. You can go there and eat their wings, eat their hamburgers, eat their hot dogs. Uh, I believe they have pizza. I'm not sure, but I'm just throwing it out there. But check out Pinkies inside. Their food is fantastic. And the main event definitely recommends you check that out. And besides all that, there's going to be several things that are going to be happening at Richard's Billiards, including several live shows. And, of course, our good friends at Emo Night will be performing several shows happening in that particular month as well. So if you guys got nothing to do on Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving Day, then head over to Richard's Billiards and come over and hang with us on this very special holiday month. Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average heroes. The legend continues. The bar among bars and the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player from the Main Event Talk podcast, and I approve this message. If you guys have any questions in regards to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the main event talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's the main event 1977 at gmail.com. One more time the main event 1977 at gmail.com. And you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, guys, we are almost at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. 
We have covered everything we needed to cover as far as all the matches, everything, including that very long, uh, long deal with the whole thing with the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship matchup between Roman Reigns and LA Knight. It's going to be awesome to check out. Happening tomorrow night. Get a chance to look at it at Peacock and get a chance to look at the Countdown Show as it happens on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube, of course. Get a chance to check it out. Before we end the show, before we end how everything goes, the main event had an opportunity to look at the interview that happened between L.A. Knight and Kayla Braxton. And I'm sure that all of you L.A. Knight fans are looking forward to hearing this interview between L.A. Knight and Kayla Braxton. Now, you can see this on YouTube for the full feature, but the main event's going to go ahead and give it to you right here, right now, on the Main Event Talk podcast. So with that being said, let's get into the interview with Kayla Braxton and the man who will possibly take the championship from Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel tomorrow night, L.A. Knight. Yeah. L.A. Knight. Welcome. Uh, thanks for sitting down and, and talking with us ahead of one of the biggest opportunities of your inter- entire career. Just diving right in. Uh, how are you feeling? You know, well, Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. It's not one of the biggest opportunities. The biggest. This has got to be the biggest. And the reason being, uh, it doesn't get any bigger than the WWE Championship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. We're walking into Crown Jewel. It's my first, first PLE in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Look at that. Right at the top of the card here we are, going for the top prize in the business, going for that WWE Championship. So uh, you talk about a big day, yeah. Well, you know, even like sitting right here with you, and in any time, of, as he's watching... It's a big day sitting right here I, with I, me, is that what you're just I, saying? That, that's what I said. That's right. But watch, uh-huh. watching your rise, you always have this, like, this vibe about you, so cool, cool calm, collected. Uh, but has that been a little bit harder for you to, to maintain that, knowing that you're going up against Roman Reigns? Uh, we're cool on the surface, and there is uh, any range of bubbling happening inside this head at any given moment, whether it's anger, frustration, and hey, maybe even a little bit of happiness. I mean, we got to be a little bit happy with where things have gone at this point, right? But uh, there's a lot of frustration with just uh, the road that it's taken to get here and to do all this. Uh, you could maybe even say a little bit of resentment in a certain sense, but with all that anger, all that frustration, all that resentment, and even a little bit of that happiness, uh, I'm going to walk in and take every bit of that out on Roman Reigns. Well, you know, every superstar has their process when preparing for any match, especially one at this magnitude. So, have and you... I'm going to guess you're going to ask me what mine is, aren't you? Or just how it's been different. Uh, you uh, know? Nothing, nothing's different. Nothing changes. Nothing changes at this point. Look, if I'm dancing and they say, hey, he's a pretty good dancer. We're going to bring him in. We're going to do this over here. Okay, cool. Am I going to change my dancing? Hell no. Mm. What brought me to the dance? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on doing that because it worked for me. It's continuing to work for me. As a matter of fact, it's taken me to to levels that I've never been. I'm taking this whole place with me mm-hmm. to levels that it's never been. You know, you know, talking about you know bringing this place with you, uh, you might have to be a little concerned about who Roman could potentially be bringing with him mm-hmm. and the bloodline. Hopefully. You know, you could deal with Roman without the distraction and the addition of the, of the bloodline getting involved. But sure. I imagine you've had to kind of, you know, think about that and how that could change things. Well, that's something you got to consider at any point when you're talking about the bloodline. But at that point, that's where you got to figure, okay, well, i got to figure out different ways that I can take care of those extra little X factors, right? Those little additives. You talk about a solo, you talk about a Jimmy Uso. You even consider Paul Heyman. He could maybe pull off his little stinky shoe or something like that. You never know. 
Uh, but with that in mind, I got to keep my eyes on the prize, stay focused on the man in the middle of the ring, and that's Roman Reigns. But as far as that's concerned... Again! Slim Jim! It's savage! Unacceptable! Yeah! Uh, I didn't need to bring anybody along with me. I didn't need to bring a, a whole crew of goofs with me, my cousins and my whole cross-eyed family with me. I'm going to walk in by myself, just like I always do, and walk out with that WWE Championship. Well, you mentioned Paul Heyman. I, I want to talk about your recent run-ins uh, with him. But it, it, was, it was pretty entertaining for, for me to, to, to watch you two get into the ring together. You had, you know, had Paul say your, your catchphrase uh, a few times. How do you think he did with that, by the way? How are his uh, look, yes? Man. Uh, here, here's Boss Hog always trying to get himself uh, to look good here on TV. But uh, even saying my name, even saying my things, ain't gonna make you look good on TV, Paul. But, but what are your opinions of Paul Heyman and what he has meant to the bloodline and to Roman Reigns? Paul Heyman is a guy who has been around this business for a very long time. He's a very smart man, except when he does very stupid things. But here's the thing: I, I look at him and I just go, man, he's got the brain of a thoroughbred. Paul Heyman does. The problem is he's got the body of a guy who's just thoroughly been eating all the bread. <laughs> it's a very different thing. Uh, so I gotta fist bump you for that one. I gotta fist. Let's do it. We'll do it after. We'll do it after. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? This lady. What were you saying? I don't know. Okay, you saying so, something? That, that, that's you know huh? Paul Heyman. You know, and it, he has done a lot to help Roman Reigns yeah. in the bloodline over the years. But you know, but LA look, Paul Heyman. Look, if I just gotta cut you off. Okay. Oh, there we go. Uh, look, Paul Heyman. <laughs> He's going to do everything he can do. You know why? Because he saw from the beginning. He saw the acclivity of L.A. Knight. He saw me making that climb, making that walk toward his prize, toward his boy, toward the WWE Championship. And he saw that, hey, man, we got a problem here. We got to do something about this. So I'm sure he's going to do every little thing he can to keep me away from that. But guess what, Polly? There's only so much you can do because sooner or later, the fact is there's one man who is going to run this industry in a very short amount of time. It's this guy. You know the name. You got something else to ask me? I have a few more things to ask right. you. And, you know, L.A. Knight, you, you are strictly... You're a I got a little bit of time. Let's be quick. You're a student uh, of the game. We know yep. you put a lot of thought into every single thing that well, you I gotta do. I got to be a student so. of the game because it is my game. It uh, is your game. But listen, it's been yeah. Roman Reigns' game uh, for quite some time. What is your assessment of his dominance as champion over these last three plus years? Well, I'm going to tell you my assessment. My assessment is everybody's sick of that. Because here's a guy who, what, he's got a, I can do math here, uh, <laughs> he's got about one title defense every three, four months. Uh, what, four defenses a year, and we're, we're celebrating the fact that he's been champion for 1,200 days? You've got to be kidding me. 1,200 days, as impressive as that is, can come to a real quick halt when you find yourself on the business end of a BFT. And that's what I think we're going to find, the crown jewel. But look, man, you talk about the tyranny of this. This revolution is going to walk in and release everybody from that tyranny with a new WWE champion. Well, you know, with your run-ins with Roman, again, you think about everything that you do extensively. What has surprised you the most about your run-ins with Roman so far? You, I know you were watching him from a distance uh, before all of this kind of started, you know, playing out in front of us. But what has surprised you, if anything? Uh, nothing surprised me. I'll tell you why. Because, look, Roman knows what this is. This is something he's never seen before, something he's never contended with before. And he's been in the ring with everybody down the line. Name him, he's been there with him. And now he's dealing with a force that he's never seen, a revolution that maybe he's never seen. So, 
Would I be surprised at the way that he's reacted or acted in the last couple weeks? Hell no. You know why? Because he's going to do every single thing he can in his power to try and stop this. But you can't. I can't stop it. <laughs> you mentioned earlier how you know this is your game uh, and how you're this cool, calm, and collected guy, yeah. uh, no matter what it is that you face. But you know what? Roman has been, too. You know, one of his greatest attributes has been able to get uh, under his opponent's skin, have this mental uh, edge over his opponent before the match even begins. But do you believe in some way that you've kind of been trying to beat him at his own game with that? My, my, how the tables can turn right there. You talk about masters of mind games just getting game this ain't my first time around the block here so as, as short as this has all happened in a very small amount of time you've seen la knight come from the very bottom all the way to the damn top and how have i done that i've done that by being the master of this game because it is my game but you talk about the mind games you talk about all that it's almost like i have a an immunity to that maybe even Perhaps some, some way to turn it around back on them. I don't know how that mm -hmm. works, but somehow it just seems to work out that way. And I done it. Yeah, you know, your confidence is very admirable. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, it, it's comforting, I'm sure, for, for some. Are you comforted right now? I'm so comforted. So comforted. So we know, we're, we know, we know that you're not surprised uh, yeah. that you are in the position there's, that you're in. Comfort oozing out of you right now. <laughs> but when you won the Battle Royal at SummerSlam, yeah. did you ever think that you would be in this position just three months later, like that quickly? Look, I, I, I can feed you all the, uh, uh, all the BS bravado and facade and say, oh, yeah, I expected this whole time. I, hell no, I didn't expect it. Um, I expected to be given uh, what's coming to me um, for a long time now, and, and I feel like that's been long overdue. At the same time, I didn't expect to go straight from all that into this, but I tell you, they say when it rains, it pours, but at this point, we're talking in a positive connotation where when things start to get rolling, that avalanche just starts to exponentially build and build, and now we're in a level where nobody could have seen it coming. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have seen it coming, but at this point, all you got to do is you got to realize that, hey, man, this rocket ain't stopping. So strap in and enjoy the damn ride. Hey, man, and hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I want to ask you point blank. Why are we saying hey man? Well, because it's like hey man, like Paul Heyman, hey man. So I want to ask you point Somebody blank. Somebody get her out of here. Night. Send her home. Point blank, <laughs> straight, straight up. Yeah. Do you respect Roman Reigns? I can respect everything that Roman Reigns has done from a professional perspective. He is, uh, again, you're talking about 1,200 days. You're talking about one of the most dominant guys running around in the business for the last who knows how many years. Uh, at the same time, personally, uh, I've watched the way that he conducts his business. Doesn't seem to be, be able to do a whole lot on his own. Personally, I don't really care for him all that much. Okay. All right. A few weeks ago, I actually sat down uh, with, with John CNN, and he had some really positive things to say about you, mm. mostly concerning or surrounding how the WWE Universe has been so behind you, how incredible it is to hear, Hydrate, everybody. <laughs> hear them erupt uh, when your music uh, when your music hits. And so considering that the WWE Universe is so squarely behind you, especially this match, uh, Crown Jewel, do you have a message for those who have been so fiercely in your corner? Um, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I, I don't have a message for those people. You know why? Because, look, I, I've never needed to go out and pander and ask for the people. I go out there, I say my name, the music comes on, they want to say it with me. Come on the ride with me. Come on down with me. Come with me. But at that point, 
everything that I'm doing, everything that I've done, everything that I've done to get here and walk here, I've done by my damn self. They're all welcome to come with me. I ain't going to turn them away. But at the end of the day, the only person I can rely on is this guy right here. All right. Well, you know, in, in, in this match versus Roman at Crown Jewel, again, biggest opportunity of your career, would you say that this was something that you envisioned for yourself, you know, when, when you were thinking about what your career would look like in WWE and well, sports yeah. entertainment? Yeah. 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 Look, if you get into this business, if you end up in the WWE and your aim is not to be the top man, if your aim isn't to be the WWE champion, I don't know what you're doing here, uh, personally. Uh, for me, that's the only reason I got here. I didn't come here to be, you know, background player. I didn't come here to be supporting cast. I came here to be the guy. I came here to be top dog. I came here to be the guy that runs the game. And uh, so, when you consider that, yeah, look, look, a lot of people like to create little vision boards and all that kind of crap. The vision board's in my head, and I see myself wearing that WWE championship over and over and over again. So whether it happens to be Crown Jewel or sometime down the road, you will see that and you will call me champ. And I want to get to the, to the why real quickly before before uh, you know we close down. The amount of people who have tried to dethrone Roman Reigns in the last few years, and everyone has wanted to step into that challenge. Mm -hmm. But now you have this opportunity at Crown Jewel, a massive stage. Why is it that you believe that it will be you, when it could be nobody else, it's going to be you who is able to do the Look, there's no way for me to rationalize it. There's no way for me to reasonably explain to you how, why, etc. And I'm not going to make it sound like it's easy. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be an uphill battle. Again, you mentioned the fact that you got the, the bloodline is going to be there. You got Paul Heyman. All those factors that are in there. But even take those out of there, if it's just me and Roman one-on-one, -on -one, that's still a hell of a challenge. I ain't blind to that. But you got to look at the fact that, man... Again, you just talked about, you know, if you think back to the summer, did you think you'd be here? Hell no. And if you look at how quickly everything has moved and how forcefully I have moved my agenda forward, I don't know how to stop this. I can't stop this gravy train. I can't stop the undeniable Kavorka. You're feeling it right now. And I cannot stop be an L.A. night, and what that means is very soon, in the very short future, you will, you will see me carrying gold. All right, well, before we go, I uh, thought we'd, you know, lighten things up and play a little game. Uh, what are we doing? What do you think? Uh, it's going to, uh, we're coining this game, we like to come up with our own names. Uh, this is going to be called Nah, or Yeah. Kind of rhymes, right? Okay, so here's how it's going to go. I'm going to ask you a set of questions. I'm going to ask you a set of questions. You were awful at poetry, weren't you? Or make a statement. Yeah. And you just need to answer, nah, or yeah. Okay, ready? Okay. LA Knight is the greatest WWE superstar of all time. This is a loaded question right now. Are you trying to set me up right now? No, absolutely not. I would never do that to you. You're here trying to just feed me. Why would I do that? You know me. You want to come in and try and massage me and my ego patronize oh wait are you saying i did because you, you I, I i i believe it no don't no, no, don't patronize I, me go ahead what's your next <laughs> one you're you're enjoying this interview very much oh is that a question or, or yeah, a statement not nah or yeah oh boy come on uh, give it to me i'll be an option but we'll man in there that's that's option c the bloodline is the greatest faction of all time you know, look, the, some people could maybe say that, but uh, if you're asking me personally, nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. Roman Reigns' title reign will end at Crown Jewel. Play the game. Come on, just, just, just humor me. <laughs> All right. Hold on. 
Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Look, I go out in front of thousands of people each week. I say, yeah. I say, LA night. I say, let me talk to you. And everywhere I go, everybody's feverishly on top of every single word that I say. And now you want to make that into a game? It's a That's what we're doing with this is we're making that into a game. I think everyone will enjoy this. I'm enjoying it. I don't think anybody's enjoying it. You're the only one. <laughs> is anybody enjoying this out there? Can you humor me? Uh, they all said, nah, nah. They're playing a game right now. I'm going to keep going. All right, go ahead. Okay. Roman Reigns. She's all flustered Roman over there. Reigns, She's feeling that Kavorka. Yeah. Roman Reigns title reign will end hey, at first crown time. jewel. Huh? Roman Reigns title reign. Did I do that one? Roman Reigns title reign will That's end at crown jewel. Words. Nah, nah, or yeah. I'm sorry, what did you say? I'm just going to answer for you. Meh. I tell okay, you what, that's a, great, that's a great idea, actually. <laughs> tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and you answer as me. Okay. The WWE universe has the best fans in the entire world. Yeah. That wasn't a very good impression, but yeah, okay. Can, yeah. can, you, can you sound more like LA Knight will be standing with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at the end of Crown Jewel. Meh. That was an option you added into it. No. I have to stay, you know, neutral. That's what you believe? It went fine. This game was a bust, but I had a great time. One more question. This game was a bust before you even started. Goodbye to LA Knight. Terrible idea. What does LA Knight's reign as WWE champion sorry, look what? like in your mind? Well, look, <laughs> you consider all the thoughts that everybody has as far as oh, I want to be WWE champion, this, that, whatever. I need to finish the story. And, and all respect to, to Cody Rhodes or anybody else who wants to finish their story, but I ain't looking to finish anything. I'm looking to start something completely brand new. And so when I become champion, you're talking about, look, this revolution has already started to take hold. But beyond taking hold, now we need to take over, take control, and put a new authority, so to speak, a new reign in place. And so you're talking about a new day, a new era here. Uh, not new day, excuse me, guys, you nerds. Uh, but we're talking about uh, a new era here in WWE as this WWE champion, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there we go. Thank you so much, L.A. Knight. Good luck. Uh, thank you. Okay, that was the interview that took place with L.A. Knight sitting down with Caleb Braxton uh, getting him prepared for everything that's going to be happening tomorrow night at Crown Jewel as L.A. Knight takes on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I was watching that whole thing, uh, listening to the questions and everything else like that. Very, very good questions from Kayla Braxton. And um, I knew that she had... She, she gave out that little... Uh, what was it? That whole question where instead of yes or no it's yeah or na na no way <laughs> never yeah anyway like that <laughs> but it was pretty it was pretty cool to check out you know and everything but uh it's gonna be awesome to check out what will happen at crown jewel tomorrow night so guys get the opportunity to check out crown jewel tomorrow night remember here in corpus christi especially my friends here in corpus christi texas if you're going to check out wwe crown jewel get up as early as you can make the breakfast make the time clean the room get everything set get your tv ready put on peacock and get ready for wwe crown jewel everything is going to take place Besides the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, the World Heavyweight title will be on the line. The United States Championship will be on the line. The WWE Women's Championship will be on the line. The World Women's Championship will also be on the line as well. Cody Rhodes will take on uh, Cody Rhodes will take on Damian Priest. John Cena will take on Solo Sokoa. 
and much, much more. All that's going to take place at Crown Jewel happening tomorrow night, guys. Be ready for it as it happens. Now, that concludes this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I've been able to finish this on time because it's been a while because I've been busy for the past few weeks, and I've not been able to fulfill my obligations and everything else like that, but now I have the opportunity to do it, and it's done, and it's being released right here. So, oh, I'm just glad I got it done right here. So... With that being said, as always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also, wait a minute, I'm sorry, my apologies. It's so tough to say Twitter or X, either way possible. One more time, as always, follow the main event on X at x.com slash at main event player. You can also, the hell was that? (laughs) Okay, one more time. What in the hell? Stop that. I'm getting a little bit distracted right here. So always follow the main event on X at x.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player too. And if you want to friend request me on Facebook, proceed at your own fucking risk. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. And listen to all the latest episodes going on on the Main Event Talk podcast. And also, big shout out to Tony Gomez on the Tony Gomez Show. Get a chance to listen to his on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Doing some tremendous work. Love the stuff that he does. No doubt he'll probably check out WWE Crown Jewel. Or he'll probably be, you know, uh, be on a show somewhere over in Corpus Christi, Texas. And also, oh, by the way, big shout out to John Luna. The best drummer on the planet who just left the El Nino tour. And it is back home. And John Luna, if you're listening to the main event... We need to talk, okay? We need to talk, I swear to God, about your experience with El Nino and how it was and everything. You know, if you get to me before Tony Gomez, that's fine. It's all good and dandy. And also, I hope John Luna gets an opportunity to check out Crown Jewel as it happens tomorrow night when you get a chance to see Roman Reigns defend the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Baby goes on up against one-on-one with everybody saying L.A. Knight. Yeah, at Crown Jewel. That will all take place, John Luna. Welcome home. Hope you're safe and everything. I saw the little, uh, the reel that happened on Facebook uh, where his son, you know how when you see, um, you get an airport scene going and you see like a son or a dog going after their owner and is happy to see them for the first time in many, many months. Well, it's good. I mean, and it's good that, John Luna is back, and uh, hopefully he's back safe and sound and everything. And I'm kind of curious about where uh, where Luna's at these days and everything. So, <laughs> so that's it. Oh, and also, this episode is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards. You probably have heard the new commercial I just added on here on this episode. 5815 Weber, not your average heroes. The legend continues. The barman bars and the billiards among billiards. Hopefully sometime this week. I may be able to stop by Rich's Billiards and have myself a couple of cold ones like I always have and everything. And 
Swing by over at Pinkies and have yourself a burger, have yourself a hot dog, have yourself a pizza, have yourself some wings. They got some good food over there. Get a chance to check it out while you can and everything else like that. And no doubt there's probably be some big events happening for um uh for Rich's Billiards in the past in the next couple of weeks, uh besides uh Emo Night taking place over there. Uh, I know there's supposed to be a couple of other events that are going to be happening, but I think we'll talk about that on the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And don't forget, once again, guys, uh, several events are going to be happening in November. Uh, let's see. Besides Crown Jewel, there's AEW's Full Gear. I believe the NWA is having an event in November as well. I know Impact Wrestling is supposed to be happening an event coming up. I believe it's going to be... This week or next week, I'm not sure, but we're going to have to look into I believe it's Turning Point, and I can't wait to check that out. And, of course, WWE Survivor Series to take place. The Thanksgiving Eve tradition is going to be happening over in Chicago, Illinois. The rumors have been flying all around about CM Punk being a part of WWE. I hope he does become a part of WWE once again, so that way the WWE will show how to produce and direct CM Punk to the point where he becomes an even bigger star than he was in AEW. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I will see you next week. We will do a recap of everything that happened at Crown Jewel, and we will look into the latest news and latest episodes, uh, latest stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling, and I will pass it along to you right here on the Main Event Donk Podcast. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. And once again... Don't forget to check out Crown Jewel as it happens tomorrow night. Well, actually, tomorrow afternoon, as it happens, live over in Saudi Arabia, Iran. I think that's what it is. Uh, check it out. Be there. Watch it as early as you can. I know it starts about 1 p.m. Uh, that means we'll probably we'll probably watch it at 12 p.m. here in Corpus Christi, so you know how that shit rolls. All right, guys, that's it. We're done. It's official. I will see you next week. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said with everybody saying L.A. Night. Yeah.